0: Where would you like to go next?
1: Hello and welcome to episode number 142 of Grumpy Old Bens for Friday, March 12th, 2021. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of Middle America, just outside of Chirac, where I've now been married 26 years. Woo! Happy anniversary to me. Well, and, and to my I'm wife. From,
0: America's, from America's left coast, where I am lucid, grumpy, and out of pain medication. I'm Ryan Bemrose. Those things sound like they may be connected. I, I, I only point out several unrelated facts that have nothing to do with each other.
1: So now Uh, do you have a tooth or just a big stump in there or what happened? No, I don't have a tooth yet. They, uh, this particular procedure,
0: they pulled the tooth out six months ago. This procedure was, they drilled into the bone socket, which by the way, is exactly as loud as you think it would be (laughs) in, in my eardrums because bone conduction. Um, they drilled a big hole and put a titanium a grommet into my skull and now my bone has to heal around that and then once they've finished that they have something that they can attach the new fake tooth to but they can't do that until the bone heals because otherwise you know i bang a coffee cup on it and a large <laughs> chunk of my skull flies out of my
1: nose and that would that would be messy and i would probably complain about it it's always bad when you're sitting in the dentist chair and they pull out like a uh, like a full dewalt size power drill and like all right, we're ready. To suddenly, get up. what it sounded like. Ready. To I'm telling you,
0: know from where from where she was sitting, it was probably a nice little quiet whir, But for me, I, it was like somebody put my head in a steel drum and started banging on it.
1: Well, yeah, because the person doing the work, they can put earphones in their little earplugs, so they don't have to hear you scream when the. Actually, the okay.
0: The best thing about it it didn't happen this time, but during the during the extraction six months ago, uh, during the middle of it when when she was in there doing really delicate things with sharp, pointy instruments in my mouth, I got a text message.
1: <laughs> the goat. Okay, Yoko screaming.
0: No, no. The text message is the goat scream. So, so the doc. It's a relatively quiet room with a little bit of music going in, like very calming, because they of course don't want the patient to freak out. And she's working with pointy instruments, and suddenly, out of the blue, no warning whatsoever. Ah!
1: And uh, you, yeah, she, she freaked out. You get what you're saying. <laughs> You don't want to make the dentist jump while they have sharp objects yeah, in your yeah. mouth. <laughs> well, they had gauze on hand, so we're good. Oh, well, that's fine. That is absolutely fine. Then I, I want to point out for people paying attention to such things that we are coming up on the two year anniversary of Grumpy Old and Now, it all depends on how people want to celebrate this, because. I celebrated on the 1st of April, which is which isn't bad, which is not bad because it was actually recorded. I went back and looked at this. It was recorded on March 30th of 2019. That was episode number one. It wasn't released to April 12th. So I I guess we did a lot of editing on that show. Um, But it needed it. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Two weeks worth. But uh,
0: it might have been the first time that I've ever been on a microphone in my life.
1: Man, it's I thought it came out pretty good. You can still go back and listen to that, which is a beautiful thing, but that gives people a chance now if they want to celebrate by becoming an expert, by sending in a donation anytime, really, between March 30th and April 12th, you can pick your favorite, but it will be the two-year anniversary of Grumpy Old Ben's, and everybody, I think, had a nice uh, The last couple of shows were definitely different because we didn't really cover tech so no it would would
0: no and and i thank you for that because you were making a bunch of uh, of comments about how you were shopping around for a new host and wanted to replace me (laughs) and all i'm saying is that of the three hosts you got on in the last week not one of them brought uh, a hard-hitting tech story or uh, a lot of useless information that nobody outside of the dude's name Ben would care about and even the dude's name Ben don't need and that is the value I bring to the show is I bring you information that you would have been perfectly fine without
1: <laughs> well you know we do have to give it up for Boobery and for Sir Spencer who stepped in when your appointment yes. got pushed up and we're doing a show within like an hour of knowing they were on and that was a fun conversation it was guys. a fun
0: conversation and and i do yes thank you very much for both booberry and sir spencer for for both jumping in being like well of course i want a podcast yes. like, you have your own podcast but i uh, i understand i i've got some big shoes to fill and i apparently need you know two people
1: to do it one for each or, shoe, or one sir gene right well now sir gene that guy can talk but he does somebody guy can I talk it, i think it was sir matthew who said he was like the no agenda historian because he was telling some stories. I don't know about the accuracy because it way predated me. And you were in the troll but room mo- saying a lot of it the, predated yeah. you.
0: <laughs> most of the stories predated me. I I, I came on. Uh, I, I was during the period when uh, Mr. Oil was running the, the show, uh, the network. And uh, you know, Void Zero was nothing more than than a lackey. Uh, I, I I hope he doesn't listen to that. He would he would dispute. Um, during that period, I was a listener to no agenda. So every once in a while, I heard the names Mister Oil or, or or whatever talking about the infrastructure. But I was only a podcast listener. I didn't really join the community until 2015 when everything had been settled. So there are some old timers who've been around a lot longer than I have. Uh, Rhino gummy nerds, uh, you know, Avoid Zero Omega Project, and
1: apparently Sir Gene. Yeah. Sir Gene seemed to know a lot, and it was a good conversation. He was uh, testing even my bladder with that show. <laughs> was three, oh, hours, yeah. three, yeah, three hours. I was,
0: plus. I was glad I was only on IRC because I had, I, had, I got
1: up several times. Like, yeah, per sentence. Right. Well, that is that was uh, my favorite. Was our buddy CSB who did come in with a donation today. So thanks, CSB. And We'll get to that later with the segment. But his comment was, "I took two naps during that show." <laughs> like okay. well you know
0: I, it, if if you start the show at a certain time it it can be overnight in Europe before sir
1: gene finishes speaking. that's true and this is why his podcast is daily or I know he slowed it down a little th- bit
0: this is this is also why he recommends that you listen at at three point five x because it's the only way you can get through what he's speaking.
1: It is the only way to keep up, but thanks to those guys for yes. filling in. And it was fun to have some different conversations. But today we're back, and the trolls are here in uh, in Mass, which is a beautiful thing. And if you really, when we do these shows live, you should be in the troll room at noagendastream.com or listening live on the mighty No Agenda stream. I will say, I talked about I think in the uh, last show you were on about trying to figure out how to get all of the mailboxes moved from one post to another for my wife's company and yes. i found a solution oh good it, it was not free but it was very 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 easy and that is really what i like to look for it's it's not actually common that the the best solution is all is free no and it's not and i understand well it would have been free if their mailboxes a couple of them and there were only two i think that were over three gig in size Because if it was under three gig in size, this guy's thing would have done it for free, and it is IMAP Sync, which a couple of people pointed me to. And this is wait, wait. If it was over, he would have done it for free. If it was under three gig, it would have been done for free. But for the mailboxes that were over that, then you he wanted thirty euro for unlimited, which seems fair because it never much. No, and it was worth it because it took me more time trying to figure out how to do this. Now, some people thought. I was crazy and, and maybe because I could have downloaded the software and ran it from my machine, but he had a thing where you could just do it through his website. And it said that they don't store any of your email data as far as your logins, credentials and all that. And I believe the guy, cause he's been doing this for like 20 years. And I mean, sure, he could just be scraping data, but nobody really cared about the work emails. This wasn't like big yeah. company secrets. I, it,
0: Still, I I have a lot of respect for the people who can uh, successfully accomplish that because the last time I tried to crack open a PST file without going out and getting a subscription to Microsoft, I, I was I was pulling hair out and it it I almost ran out of cats and had to use my own hair so
1: I, it was it was rough. <laughs> the guy who wrote this is named Giles Lemoral and he's out of France and the program's IMAP Sync I M A P S Y N C. And once you uh, send them the 30 bucks, they give you a special URL, nothing fancy, much like Zencaster that we're using today, just a URL to go to. You put the credentials in of the originating box and you put the credentials in of the new box where you want it to go. You press a button and it just syncs everything, including all the hundreds of folders that were already created on the old email account. So this was beautiful. And I know people yelled at me. It's like, well, you know what? They don't care if these emails get seen. And once this was all done, they're changing the passwords anyway. So it was it could have been, you know, bad, but I don't think anybody stays in business that well, you, long. You,
0: if, you did miss out on the easiest possible solution, which was to dump the entire database and then claim it was a glitch. Oh, God, that was really
1: where I was thinking of. Because I'm like, do you really need this? And this is just a warning for people that do this kind of stuff without thinking about it, which is keeping all of their records in an email program rather than taking what? them out. Oh,
0: how, how do you not put that in a database? Uh,
1: yes. It, yeah, Okay. That was, see, that was my question because I ne- that never, email even is for to
0: communication, me. not, not storing information.
1: Yes. It never even occurred to me that this would be an issue where I, you know, every other time I've moved a domain or moved a website or anything from one server to another, Email just very simple. You just kind of pause it at one and be like, "Well, as of today, it's going to be you know this will be the new account." And if you're using something where you've downloaded the emails, and you know if you're using POP3, you'll still have them. If you're using IMAP, well, then they all disappear unless you do something like this. And it would be relatively easy to just back up Thunderbird out of the box. If you were just grabbing your inbox, would be very easy to download it from the old and up to the new. But when you're doing it with all the extra folders and stuff, that's where things got a little bit uh, crazy.
0: Yeah, You know, before every email came with HTML and CSS and cross-site scripting, JavaScript exploits. And, uh, you know, back when email was text, you could just export everything as text files. And then it was really easy to work
1: with. I'm just saying, back in the day. That was nice. But this, I did like the way this works because you can run this and it, after the first time, it is just a what has changed sync because oh, nice. it, it doesn't take the whole time. And I noticed when I was doing one of the first syncs that my wife's boss was already starting to delete some stuff once it got oh, moved. Boy. And I'm like, that's <laughs> that's, that's going to come back a couple <laughs> of times because I'm I give it like 72 hours for DNS just in case old emails still wind up at the that's old. That's another server.
0: thing that always happens during migrations is is if you're If you're doing the migration if the person who was involved in in the collection of all of this crap is doing the migrations, then just the act of having to look at it, you're gonna be like, actually 90% of this I don't need. Right. And then you're sitting here going, Well, could you possibly have deleted it before we did the migrations? (laughs) Right.
1: That would have been much easier. (laughs) That would have made a lot more sense, but that's not how it works. But I was surprised with and this may just be I haven't changed a web host recently where i had to change you know to a different host so changing the dns this was with godaddy as well because godaddy usually everything is screwed up and from the time i put the new dns address into godaddy for the domain it was just like a matter of seconds before it was done i it was weird i'm used to oh it'll take at least you know 20 minutes and maybe 3 days for it to propagate this was instantaneous and it was weird is it just like that now? Is DNS just that quickly when you make a change? No, um, I didn't think so. So maybe I just got lucky.
0: <laughs> I mean, you, you might've got lucky and it might've been, I mean, there are some places where uh, they, they will play with the TTL uh, and, uh, you know, or it, I mean, there are some places where they go through the extra effort, but a lot of places,
1: no, I wouldn't think so, but I was, so I was surprised that that worked now. GoDaddy did. Lock me out of the account immediately after changing the DNS because danger, danger. And I get it. I get it. But of course, my wife's boss, it wasn't set to one of the email accounts of his that I had access to because I was changing all the emails. So GoDaddy was sending that somewhere else. So it just took a phone call like, can you click OK so I can change the DNS for your other domains and uh, and then get the hell off of GoDaddy. That's the
0: yeah, uh, that's that's the goal. Oh my I'm I'm thinking back, I don't remember which year it was. GoDaddy, like I think they peaked when they had a Super Bowl commercial.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, Danica Patrick was doing that. Yeah, them. is that who
0: that was? I, I remember it being a model of some kind.
1: Yeah, the, the race car driver, the little yeah. Burnett, Danica Patrick, yeah. She was she was big at the time, just moving, you know, IndyCar and moving the right before I think she moved to NASCAR. But she she was big in, in several of the right places too. Yeah. <laughs> well, she had a lot of fans. And yes. uh, there's no question there. And I, I heard Bill O'Reilly say that a few times. Yeah, there is been, no question. Yeah. The no question thing. I think I, I, I heard Adam know, Curry say it yesterday. He's probably been listening to me. And then I've been listening to Bill O'Reilly. And it's one of those things that just Maybe gets that's it. into your brain. It, okay. Uh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, did you listen to the latest Random Thoughts on NFTs? I yeah. I did that actually. That is a
0: discussion I'd like to get into, but first I want to rant a little bit. You mentioned Zencaster a few minutes ago. Yes. Why, why have we switched? I found out 10 minutes before the show <laughs> that, that we weren't going to be using clean feed that we've been using forever and clean feed worked fine. And apparently the fact that I don't go out and, and run the auto updater every five minutes. Actually, the browser I use, Chromium, I'm not even sure has an auto updater because I don't use auto update for that no, sort doesn't. of thing. And and I guess it's been a while because they did not like the point version of whatever I was on. And and Zencaster, being a classic Silicon Valley company who hates testing, have decided that the only browsers they're going to allow are the browsers that they've tested for. So they wouldn't accept my my point one out of date browser and they wouldn't accept Firefox and they wouldn't accept Internet Explorer. They were like, you have to get Chrome or Edge. Like okay, well, I'm not running Windows 10, so I'm not going to be running. Oh yeah, or Brave. Uh, y- you know, what? I- so yeah. Basically, your decision to not use Cleanfeed this week resulted in me getting extra grumpy before the show because I had to go download a new browser. You're welcome, trolls. So why did we do this? You're welcome, experts. That's all it- I want to know. Is this is this because Sir Gene has no bandwidth? Is that what was going on?
1: Damn, his thing was bad. The clicks that I was getting from him were unbelievably bad. And most of them are gone in the final product. So the massaging that afterwards was definitely helpful. But I've been watching Zencaster because we really liked it when we used it before, except for the fact that the audio would occasionally drift because Zencaster does things differently than Clean Feed in one main way. And that is with the recording of the voices for the people that are on the call. Zencaster records them locally. Sure. Everybody on the stream right now is hearing you, but what we're all hearing is not what is going to be in your final recording of the show. Your final recording is going to be directly from your microphone as recorded on your machine and then uploaded. So
0: even if they're going to. Are they going to run it through a bunch of filters too, like remove all of
1: the swearing and also everything I say? No, they don't do that. I do that later in the uh, in the post processing. But that's the main difference is that if the Internet connection is bad, if there are any audio glitches during a live show, that should all be taken away by that final recording. And it, it did work really well before, except sometimes the audio drifted. And that was a big problem. They say they've gotten that fixed. They say, well, now they've added video, which for people that are doing video podcasts, it's interesting. I want to see exactly what the feature set is on that. I saw somebody testing this out on YouTube and it looked like they had a feature set, which is really cool. If this is the case and I have not verified this, but with the video form of this, whoever's talking, the camera automatically switches to them. I can't stand watching podcasts you know or whatever you want to call them in the video version that has two three four people up on the screen at the same time and that never changes no matter who's talking i prefer that if the person talking goes full screen and they may do that automatically because that's the somebody demoing it that's what i saw happening so that would be really cool
0: when, when you've got an editor doing that, it looks really professional and slick. And when you have an algorithm doing that every once in a while, somebody drops something on their desk and the algo immediately cuts toward them and sees their embarrassed face, which I think is a feature.
1: <laughs> yes, it could be. You know, that's the interesting part about it. But I wanted to see if they had gotten better. And I believe they have, because when you offer even for people that have paid before and we have paid on zencaster before we never have paid for clean feed and i mean their service free has been really good i cannot complain about that but even people that yet
0: you you abandon them anyway i get it
1: because i wanted to test this because this was free they i figured they had to be secure enough that they were offering everybody even if you've paid before another free six weeks of the service for free So I figured we may as well try it out. I didn't think there would be an issue.
0: I'm not against spoiling an episode by testing out untested stuff. But uh, I guess where I'm coming from is maybe more than 10 minutes warning.
1: Well, no, that's how you
0: get grumpy. If we're we're randomly changing the way that we do our show, then maybe uh, we we do a test run or maybe we find out if the system works before. Just, hey, sign on to this. Well, at
1: the very least.
0: and, And of course, the. The the final insult was when it, you know Zencaster demands, even if you're the only person on the podcast, it demands before you sign up that you enter your name. And well, unfortunately. To their, you. Yeah, their their algo did not take fuck Zencaster as a name. <laughs> Somebody else so, was
1: already using that, I bet. Yeah, that might have been it. I don't know. I mean it's just an interesting uh, I we like to keep up on these things, and for me. There is no change in how everything's done. I forget your systems are a little bit uh, more finicky as far as lockdown, things like that. It's
0: not my system. <laughs> that's it's, just it's you user.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is true. But for me, it's the same thing. It's just it's a different page open up in Chrome, which I use actual Google Chrome for this only for this and for YouTube during the No Agenda Rock and Roll pre-show. But for me, it's the same so thing. You're
0: saying that Google could listen to everything we're
1: saying right now. Yeah, they're listening in right now. How you doing, Google? Good.
0: Hey, do you guys want to donate already?
1: Yes. I mean, they have a lot of money. So send us some cash. Google. So
0: I did listen to your show on NFTs. I, I tried to uh, drop it in as, as the No Agenda post show yesterday, but I got I got called away by a vet visit and uh, I kind of forgot one important step, which is I set up the playlist, but I didn't quite commit it.
1: <laughs> yeah, so well, <laughs> user error and then I see I was going to let it go except it was an old Nick the rat. Yeah, and and nobody mentioned it. So I figured then this was the time to go to the next cube. It, it
0: was it was last week's Nick the rat and and I'm I'm sure that was a fantastic show uh, but it wasn't this week's Nick the rat, which is what people really want.
1: Yes, or they go right to NickTheRatRadio.com. So I just, you know, bumped the jukebox and the next song came on and that was good, which yeah. the, the NFTs are intriguing because I'm seeing this everywhere, including Gary Vaynerchuk, who is basically losing his mind on how great NFTs are. And I'm just like, OK, which one of these companies that's, have you that's invested? What, OK, in?
0: hey, that's what Vaynerchuk has done for the last 15, 20 years. As he's far been, as been right a lot he's been yeah, right a he, lot. he's he's also uh, well he he just endorses so many products so passionately than when he is right he endorsed it passionately he, the, the guy is really good at jumping on new products
1: yeah and, i know he was big on the tiktok too and i'm like uh-uh
0: yeah uh, i i don't know i, I i'm i'm kind of with your your assessment that this feels like a beanie baby thing
1: but. yes yes i don't understand the concept. But that doesn't mean I wasn't going to waste some crypto to test it out and see what happens.
0: Sure. I mean, it was it was free money that you got passively anyway.
1: Yes, which is a beautiful thing, too. We have a donation coming up from our buddy Mudpig, who sent in what he got from his first round of doing that on his end. Nice. So, I mean, that's a beautiful way to generate some money for Grumpy Old Ben. So, see, listening to the crazy stuff we do and trying it out can help. Which, okay, I want to see what this process is and it looked like it was very easy and it was to take a piece of artwork and it could be anything from a static piece like a JPEG or PNG, I think they have to be, then you can do a video clip, you can do an audio clip, an MP three or whatever. It has to be under, I think, thirty meg, so there are some limitations, but then you can have it unlock something else.
0: So I can't I can't go download a a feature length movie somewhere and then
1: Well, you can, but it wouldn't be attached to the token. But now the token could, once you have it, unlock a download to whatever you want of any size.
0: You'd stick a DRM key in there or something.
1: Right. Exactly. So that would be the way to open that up. The most intriguing thing for me was the people that were attaching it to physical products. And the one uh, company I saw doing this was doing it with socks, which were selling for thousands of dollars a pair. uh,
0: I I consider this to be a triumph of marketing over reason.
1: Yes. Yes, which is why I'm like, okay, I'll I'll see what this is like and I had no idea the first amount that was charged, that I did it on Rarible and I know people have pointed out there are a few places to do this with very low or no fees or basically they're not actually putting your item onto the blockchain until it's sold which which is helpful because putting the thing onto the blockchain cost money that's what they call a gas price which i found just confusing for so many sure. people because it's like what? I
0: mean, uh, the blockchain not at, at its rawest form is is a digital ledger that is distributed and extremely difficult to change because it's distributed which yeah. gives it a permanence which is something a you know a feature for a lot of people and, right and that seems to be what the feature is here is is once you put this data on the blockchain it's there um you know, putting physical items still doesn't make a whole lot of sense because un- until we, we come up with the the Star Trek transporter system of taking a digital object and transforming it into information, you know, then, you know, if, if you take somebody's transporter buffer pattern and put that on the blockchain, then I can see it, the idea of, you know, blockchaining physical items. But for digital items, it, I mean... It, well, it still kind of fails because what you have to do is is you are you are a blockchaining one copy of the item, which is necessarily a copy because that's how you got it there right. and there's no guarantee that the
1: original copy or any other copy has been deleted but- right This is basically more of a weird little they're pushing them as a collectible because you're right. the artwork that I put up there was from an episode of No Agenda that had a very popular art, which was Joe Biden's corn pops. Everybody remembers the Joe Biden corn pop story. He was a very bad dude. And so I posted that. And hairy legs. Right. Very. Well, the hair on his legs went up and the kids touched it. And there was some very weird stuff that Joe was doing. But when you buy this, that doesn't mean that this art still doesn't exist in every episode of No Agenda that it was used for. It doesn't mean it doesn't exist on the No Agenda Art Generator and on my hard drive and all this, all you're getting is that particular token with that attached to it saying, okay, you now own this, which you can then resell, do whatever you want. I did think it was interesting that you could build in a percentage. So if somebody actually bought this artwork, then wanted to resell it, when they resell it, no matter what, I would get 33% of whatever they resold it for.
0: Yeah. It. That that was you know, that was another thing I was I was definitely going to start arguing about but I, I wanted to I wanted to start with the uh, first of all the idea of why does this have value? Uh and, and it, it, the way that that uh a, a, an economy works, the way that a, 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 any any system that is designed that is a mutual co- entering, you know, mutual mutually beneficial contracts, if somebody has to see value in the prices, whatever somebody sees value in. And, and the, the price is determined by wh- what you're willing to pay for it. It's, uh, I mean, it's at the root of every economic transaction is the idea of you will pay what the buyer, you know, the price will be what the buyer and seller want to pay. Uh, th- that, by the way, is also what the value for value model is is based on that we use, which is what do you think that? That this is worth send it to us, uh, but what what is the actual worth of physical bits on a blockchain? Well, i I, I don't see it as a lot, simply because what can you do with that? Right. I guess you can resell it to somebody else who thinks it's more worth more, maybe. But the 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 thing is, the the phenomenon is fascinating to me because it's like like uh, beanie babies were 20 years ago or, or like tulips were in the the Dutch tulip story that I keep hearing every time this sort of thing comes up uh, where it, it's worth what people believe. And the exploit to that is you can change what people believe with uh, a clever marketing. Right. I, I'm, I don't know. I, I, like I said, I feel like this is this is a triumph of marketing, because if you can create a fad um, and and make people believe something is worth more than it is, then you can engage the transaction before anyone realizes that it's not worth anything and then go with it. And I, I don't I don't mean to burst your bubble. I'm sure that that your piece of art that you put up will totally sell for at least 100 bitcoins. Right. I hope but, so. But I wouldn't pay that. And I think the problem is that I'm not sure that I'm the kind of person who gives into fads. Well, I don't know. It it feels like a fad. It feels like a bubble. It feels like uh, some very, very persuasive snake oil salesmen have gone out and said, this thing has worth because I say it has worth and I'm so persuasive. Now you believe it has worth and that gives it worth. And that does. It does give it worth. When people believe something has worth, that gives
1: it worth. But will it keep it? Exactly. Well, that's why it's very much like a Beanie Baby. It is a virtual Beanie Baby. That is what this is. It just takes a token, which Bitcoin tokens are different in the fact that if you have a Bitcoin token and I have a Bitcoin token, they're worth exactly the same. Where every token, when it comes to this stuff, is unique. So that's why the non-fungible thing comes in. They are not equal in value, but they stay and they can actually be moved from one wallet to another. I thought it was interesting that the Reverend Horton Heat, who is a musician, does rockabilly, some really cool stuff. Yesterday on Facebook, just randomly, I saw him saying, oh, I'm going to be releasing an MP3 on Rarible using NFT. Uh, Check back in a couple of hours. So I checked back in a couple of hours, and he's like, Holy crap, this is expensive to mint this and, uh, (laughs) you know, check back in a couple of weeks that he's rethinking the whole thing. And rightfully so, because this is where I got caught up in not understanding what it was going to cost. And the first thing that they charge you for on Rarible, I guess, was to just verify your account, which was it was a relatively reasonable price for something like that, I think. And that varied as well, but it was higher, and then I waited and you can keep trying these things over and the prices change minute by minute, and I think I ended up paying like eight yeah. bucks or whatever, so that verified the account great so now because,
0: because the people who who invented these markets they've they've heard of economic stability in a market, but they want nothing to do with it
1: right. Well, I also realized that what I needed was a different type of wallet to do this, and Coinbase, who we have our crypto in is a company that is huge and they have their own wallets for this type of thing. And they're IPOing this month, I think. Ooh, nice. Coinbase should be interesting to see what that does. But their wallet is a different thing than that account that I have at Coinbase. So you actually end up having to move the Ethereum from the Coinbase on that to this type of wallet, which was still a $5 fee just to move that crypto of any amount from one wallet to the other which now these fees are going to start adding up
0: for yeah i it's it's one of the reasons why I, i as much as as you would have marketers tell you otherwise uh crypto coin the way that it is implemented these days Is not a replacement for cash. Uh, one of the best characteristics of cash, uh, of, of money, of currency in general is the fact, the idea that you can move it around freely as value flows back and forth without a middleman. Now, uh, we, everybody who lives in a state or, or place that has a, a sales tax or a VAT is probably completely the the idea of moving money back and forth without a third party taking a cut every single time money changes hands is foreign to them but that is that is precisely what you know if if i hand my wife a twenty dollar bill nobody is coming in and taking five percent of that right I, it, it, it it just it's not money if if you have to go through someone who is going to take a percentage every time. If you can't move money back and forth between two people indefinitely without it vanishing to zero,
1: not then, even between two you people, you can't take the $20 out of your wallet and put it into your pants pocket without paying a figure yeah.
0: And, and I, I'm perfectly fine with, with, with doing this in, in such a way as, as it's, you know, it's a transaction of some kind of asset. Okay. Well then maybe, Maybe that's worth it, and maybe it, it, it's a, a cost of using the asset, but I don't feel like it's currency until I can use it without having to worry about a middleman destroying the value of my currency every single time there's a transaction.
1: Yes, and it's that just, is a mighty big hit, so that was, wasn't was bad to verify the account, but then to mint the coin, that was a thing in entirely uh, different when it comes to the fees. And I think the first time I tried to do it, it was like, oh, it was nice that the pop up on the Coinbase wallet was like gas prices are currently high on Ethereum. And cold acid points out gas gas prices on Ethereum. Yeah, same thanks, thing Biden. as fees on Bitcoin. Yeah. Same thing. Thanks, Biden. Yeah. Thanks, Biden. <laughs> Biden thanks for raising that. gas prices everywhere. So I'm like, well, no, let's wait. Maybe it will go down. And of course, no, they didn't go down <laughs> for the time that I was watching. It. I watched for about. 30 hours or so and i just did kept you feel like in. a day trader at any point yes a little bit because i'm like let's see what the price is let's see what the price is let's see what the price is and i had transferred from we're performing
0: my, a a one-man dos on the web server kind of
1: but i had transferred over then it was like 65 dollars worth of ethereum into the wallet that i needed to have it in and that 40 something dollars once i waited was then up to 60 dollars, and then there were a few times i checked where, It was like, you need to add more money to handle this. So it was well over $65 to be able to mint this. I got up to pee at like four in the morning and I went and looked and it was back down to like 47 bucks and I should have just did it then. But oh, you should have peed sooner. Right. I should have peed a lot sooner. Uh, But I finally, it was like 50 something bucks. And that's when I jumped out. I'm like, you know what? It was all free money. Like you said, more or less, because we had mined it. And I minted the piece of artwork. And I mean, the. URL for the artwork will be in the show notes if anybody wants to buy it. I mean, I put it up for the low, low price of 3.333 Ethereum, which is which is really cheap. It's like six grand or so. So I thought that would be a perfect price. But you can bid anything you want. I just figured that no agenda wise. What else would you charge besides 3.333 Ethereum? I mean, I figured Uh, that's fair. uh,
0: It sounds good to me.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's some artwork that is sold for millions. Three
0: bitcoins. I don't know.
1: Yeah, well, three bitcoins would be better but uh, Jack Dorsey, his first tweet was auctioned off for like $2.5 million. And
0: I I honestly believe that that highlights pretty much every point that I've made, which is, it is something that is almost entirely without worth. It is infinitely copyable. The original is still there. You can go if you have the right URL and go read it without having to pay this money. Yeah. And you know, Somebody is paying for hype. And in this case, somebody paid a lot of money for hype. It's the same, you know, the same reason why I I can't really get into the idea of of modern art is, okay, well, you've, you know, you put up a a painting and how much did that cost in, in materials and paint? And okay, well, you know, now how much is your time worth? Okay. Yeah. $7 million. It's, it's a bunch of ink on a page. What?
1: (laughs) seems fair that's it's all subjective there's no question yeah, there. And that's
0: that's why people believe something has value and therefore it has value and the power of uh, the 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 thing that, that destroyed capitalism in its original form was psychology was people discovering that you can modify belief and therefore modify the worth of the value of something
1: now the one place that i am really interested in the NFTs is when you tie it to a physical object, but this would have to be with somebody you trust larger company, I mean, tops baseball cards, people way overpay for the baseball cards, but at least I know they're a legitimate company and have been around for decades. So sure. most likely not to disappear. They could release a card or any company that, you know, you would trust.
0: I don't think they're going to disappear, but have they been relevant anytime in the last 40 years? Oh yeah. They're,
1: They're big again. That's which is baseball and uh, trading cards are back. Vaynerchuk predicted that a few years ago, and I was like, "There's no way in hell." But the pandemic, I think, really helped people want to get back into some of those things that they remembered from their childhood or something. Whether it will continue, I don't know. But this could be, you know, Taylor Swift. Oh, I have this, you know, the original guitar that I used on my very first song. I'm going to attach this to an NFT and put it up for auction and then anybody they want can just go through and buy it and then trade it back and forth nobody ever takes the guitar in hand but you can at whatever point that's what the when it's attached to a physical object there's an extra button that comes on when you have it which is you know buy sell and then redeem So if somebody actually ever wants to redeem that, and then that would end the life of the digital token, but this gives people a chance to own something like that and trade it and buy and sell it without ever having to take possession of it. And if you're just doing it because you think it's going to go up in value, that kind of makes sense because then you don't have to worry about it being lost or stolen or whatever damaged.
0: Well, Yeah. Own you use the word own. I'm not sure that that means exactly what what it used to mean back when you could have a physical object in your in, in your possession.
1: It's well, but, it's different, and that's the only reason I think there may be more to this is the newer generation doesn't overall have a lot of things. They're not hoarding books. They're not hoarding baseball cards overall. They're not hoarding CDs. Everything they're doing is digital. Which this, that's the only thing in my mind that's like, maybe they're dumb enough to uh, to believe that this is actually the way to own something, which is just pretend you own it because it's in a wallet on your machine. Yeah.
0: And, and like everything digital, when when, you know, my, my wife owns a whole bunch of movies that she purchased on Amazon. But, uh, you know, one one hack or one terms of service violation and Amazon takes away all of it. Uh, you know, if if I go out and pay $300,000 or whatever number you said for uh, Dorsey's first tweet, um, who has the ability to take it all away just by claiming I violated the terms of service? That's the kind of stuff that that means that you don't own it.
1: Right. Well, nobody can on the blockchain. That's the one beauty of this. But I don't know if that makes but it any as more as tangible. As they, they lock you out of your account. But they can't because there is it's just attached to your wallet, which there's no way for them. Although now, see, that would be the thing. If they can, if they can take somebody's crypto wallets, then all crypto dies.
0: Um. Zencaster just popped up an error that said you have run out of free disk space to save a local backup. It's saying that I should stop recording and clear out
1: some disk space. <laughs> you um, need more space, I, I guess. I,
0: I am betting that out of the box, uh, the Ooh. local storage settings on this browser probably limit it to something because I guarantee that disk is not full.
1: Is it still showing a cloud backup on your end?
0: I, it's not showing much of anything. It's also not moving the the meter up and down when I talk
1: now. Oh, it doesn't like you anymore. it's still showing here here. but i don't know
0: uh Uh, wait i have okay cloud backup is still counting up local backup says 38 meg of 40 meg and i assure you i have more than 40 megabytes available on that drive.
1: well it's doing something weird but if the cloud backup is still pushing that to them then we'll just assume It'll be fine. Okay. If not, we have our existing recording.
0: Yes. Un- unlike some podcasts, we record in multiple places. So yes. I think we're okay. In this case, four places. How to- <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah. That's how you never lose a show. You record so it. I- I wanted to
0: talk about one uh, one other thing, which is the the intellectual property aspect of this and and the copyright aspect, and oh yeah, and in nightmare. particular, one, one of the well, there there is absolutely a nightmare, and one one interesting nightmare scenario is if if actual real items start getting stored in in setups like this, um, there will, in theory a we don't have a lot of proof nothing nothing digital has ever fallen out of copyright but one of the real problems with drm is the hypothetical scenario where something drops into the public domain but cannot practically be put into the public domain because of drm and and you know a even even discounting accidental things like lost drm keys or the the company's been out of business and dead and buried and even the grandchildren of the founders are gone um it, there there is a possibility like if if copyright were a reasonable length of time that somebody could drm something copyrighted make use of their copyright and then it drops into the public domain and they just refuse to release any drm keys so you can't decrypt it um the I, I feel like the same problem. I mean I guess my question is, is it possible to get the original work out of one of these things if if the people who quote unquote own it are gone or otherwise refuse to play along with the fact that maybe they don't own it anymore? Um, here's a rather than something dropping out of copyright, here's a more practical question. Suppose that a court of law mediates a dispute of ownership and uh, rules against the person who has the key, can this thing be taken away from them and given to somebody else by a court of law?
1: I don't think so. I mean, that is a very interesting aspect. One, you're not buying the copyright when you get something in this form, which Reverend Hortney was very clear about before he thought this was going to work, that you you don't get the copyright This is just a digital representation and a way to help the band. This is an interesting value for value kind of thing to do, except for the fact that there's fees every which way. And I mean, we pay fees for Patreon and PayPal, so I get some fees kind of working in there. And your fees are much lower because I went through and minted this piece as a one of one. Well, then the whole. Fee, which I paid the fifty dollars or whatever, was to do that for the one of one. I could have also said, make this a edition of three thousand three hundred and thirty-three. That that's how many are there to do that to buy, and it would have still been the same fifty bucks. So, depending on what you're trying to put out there, the price isn't necessarily that horrible. But the artwork or whatever uh, if, it is if
0: you do mint three thousand of them then the the value the
1: the amount people are willing to pay might go down though would, would it would but that would be much more reasonable to think that you could get three thousand people to each pay five bucks on a lark rather than find one person that's gonna pay six thousand so the math I think works a little better going the lower price but I didn't really think this out I was just kind of playing around to see what what happened It sounds like you thought more about it than most people would later, yes, I mean once figuring out how, how this went, and the fact that you can attach something else makes sense, which is I mean once go, you going
0: into this. something where your your primary goal when you went into this, your primary goal was not i'm going to make a ton of money. Your primary right. goal was I want to learn how this system works, and here is how much I'm willing to spend on that that is that is an entirely different kind of transaction. You are transacting your money for knowledge.
1: Right. I'm like, I I just want to do a podcast. (laughs) You came came out ahead. That's true. I have a lot of knowledge. And because I was wondering, like, okay, with these NFTs, before I really understood the fee structure, I'm like, why wouldn't everybody create 10,000 pieces and list them? Because maybe somebody will buy one of them. Well, the answer is because it costs a lot of money unless you're using. like, Like I said, people have pointed out to me there are some free services, but I don't think those. Are really getting any eyeballs? Which, as we know, if there's no eyeballs, then you don't have a market. So that
0: may improve. Yeah, because the most the most important piece of this entire chain is the hype.
1: Yes, it is. It is. There's no question about it. We have people like Gary Vaynerchuk and others who think this is. I mean, obviously Jack Dorsey. I know there was a much lower level of these things that Adam Curry was putting up his tweets that were announcing no agenda. And those were getting, you know, look like seven or ten bucks a piece, which Dang. seems crazy. But if you do that for everything, you know, it adds up. Actually, no,
0: if you treat it like a, a donation. Right. Then that makes sense.
1: Yes. Like, which is more of what it is.
0: That, that's that's really I mean, the, you, you, these are NFTs do not sound like a, a sound investment, but as a means of I want to use a, an interesting gimmick to make it entertaining, to transfer money to an author. It sounds
1: actually kind of cool. That is where it may work. But now with the copyright claims, as you said, you know, if somebody takes a nude photo of their girlfriend and then they break up and they put that out on the blockchain, I don't know how that ever comes off because the blockchain, it, it, a sounds blockchain. Like it doesn't. So uh, I, I don't know the issues that that may end up causing, but this is in its infancy. And I don't know if any of this stuff has happened yet. It probably has. I haven't really seen any stories on it, but it'll be something interesting to watch anyway to see how this either progresses. This, like, I, I, I Yeah,
0: I wonder if, I mean, if somebody really does something terrible, like, uh, you know, puts up a, a nude photos or like what happens if somebody puts up uh, a child porn on right. this thing, You then everybody who gets the blockchain now has child porn on their computer. That's
1: the kind of thing that will destroy the whole system. That yes, and uh, it's going to be interesting to watch because I think like uh, all the cryptos, this is going to soar for a while and it's really only for people that have an audience. If you have an audience, I think you can use this to make some money and sell some things, whether it's art or we can you know you can attach an mp3. So the reality is up to a 50 megabyte fire 30 megabyte file, if you bring this down to ninety-six killer you know encoding rates, you could fit probably a half hour podcast easily in there. So you could do bonus episodes, things like that, and put them into that. So I think people are going to use this. I think it's going to be a beanie baby type thing for a while. People are gonna be like, oh, this is exciting. Until 96
0: k the MP3 is is not gonna be high enough quality to want to spend that kind of money on.
1: No, but you can also unlock a full version which is also interesting as long again as the person you're buying it from the file is still there by the time you buy the thing. yeah
0: that's that's the other thing anytime that you you put a, a persistent link to something then that thing is persistent only as long as the server that hosting that link is still up
1: yes so things disappear I- but if we have any artists who have sold anything on nfts feel free to reach out and let us know if it's uh, successful or not i know there's a handful of people making millions of dollars on this, and I think about ninety, like usual, ninety nine point nine percent are like, "Huh, I posted my art. How come? How come nobody bought it?"
0: Yeah, well, that's that's how things work. Well, I, I don't know. We might still be in the early stages, the very early stage. Then you know, some ridiculous number like twenty five percent will will make it good because you you in the really early stage of something that goes viral, you need an incredibly high success rate in order to may to feed the virality but as more people get in of course then it'll drop down to the one in ten
1: thousand right and who wouldn't want to buy biden's corn pops artwork it's beautiful it's got i, I would not background. want to
0: buy biden's corn pops but <laughs> the
1: artwork not his but actual. the artwork isn't bad <laughs> uh poor hayden biden man i didn't even see his speech the, last night
0: There, there was one other aspect to, to the system that uh, it, it goes to one of, the, one of the few areas where you and I honestly disagree um, w- with regards to uh, copyright ownership and whether or not artists deserve to get paid, to put it how you characterize my arguments.
1: Yeah, not um, the Benjamins.
0: And it has to do with the idea that um, you can put a, a a caveat on the sale that says every time something is resold, then a big goes back to the original artist and you characterize this as universally a good thing from the perspective of the artist. Uh, I, I would argue that from the perspective of the two people who are entering into uh, it, it, let's, let's hypothetically say that we're transferring a real good here and not uh, the, the idea of hype. Um, I, it, it bothers me that you can attach some kind of uh, a circumvention of the first sale doctrine. I, I very much believe in the first sale doctrine and I'm I'm really bothered by the fact that digital goods have in general managed to squash what what is kind of a cornerstone of, of a free market is the idea that once I pay for something, it's mine and I can do what I want with it. And a- any restrictions on that, mean that i can't do what i want if if i want you know if if i buy your art and i pay 300 bitcoins for it oh
1: yes please yes and now you've been paid for the art operators are standing by
0: so now you've been paid for the art you got my 300 bitcoins and i want to turn around and i want to sell it to sir machu for 700 bitcoins that's a good deal it is then i should be able to enter into that transaction but the characteristic of this system is that there is a new restriction on it, which is that if I spend if Sir Matthew wants to give me seven hundred bitcoins, then I still have to give you some of that. And that well, no, not that's, only
1: do you have to, you don't you don't have a choice. The system just does it.
0: I know and i don't like that it it circumvents first sale doctrine it it goes around the idea that once i own something i can do what i want with it which uh until the digital era he, even the intellectual property happy u.s supreme court had upheld first sale for a very long time you know if you buy a good, you can do whatever the hell you want with it. They, you know, there were pro- times when the, the people who manufactured a, a, a widget didn't want that widget to be sold to someone else. But if they sell it to person A and person A sells it to person B, then, uh, first sale says they don't get to choose that. But now in the digital era, we can put, uh, digital restrictions on things that do not coincide with the, the legal Framework that's been built around it. And I, I, I definitely come in on the side that, that first sale doctrine is good and that once you sell something, you shouldn't have control over it. But the thing that I think is worse is the, the awesome cognitive dissonance that has to do with a legal framework being one way and a digital framework being the other way and the two being incompatible such that this is guaranteed to land people in court.
1: Maybe, but I have two points on that. The first is I was really greedy and set a 33% uh, rate on that piece of yeah. artwork, which is on the high end. That's crazy. There's no doubt about it. But. Yeah. But,
0: but but any non-zero amount is is functionally the same thing. It's just a matter of degree.
1: It is. It's a matter also, of degree. And I also, I,
0: I honestly believe that you deserve 33% on every time that changes hands. Woo! That's what I'm hoping for.
1: But here's the difference. You're absolutely right when it comes to the sale doctrine. But with digital files right now, we all know it's illegal for you if you get a book from Amazon or an Audible for, you know, to listen to if you like to listen to your books. If you buy a movie online, you know, you don't have a physical copy, so it's illegal well, for you to sell. You can't buy a digital movie right now or a digital album of music and then resell it. You don't have that ability. It's illegal because we all know the system well, is set up.
0: A, Because of the DMCA, thank you, Bill Clinton. Yeah. But uh it, that's I mean, the 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 first sale doctrine is significantly older than that. And the the way that digital goods have, have gone around. This is that when you buy a movie from Amazon, you don't own the movie. You don't even own a copy of the movie. You own a license to stream. Right. Amazon is
1: not there, but you're not watching it.
0: All of the, all of the terms of service that are so incredibly long that nobody reads them will say something to the effect of you have purchased a license to stream this, but, Here's the thing that that really bugs me about it because it's never really been tested in court. And in fact, I've seen some court cases go up and get settled behind closed doors very quickly because nobody wants this precedent. And that is that it's illegal for Amazon to prevent you from transferring that license because they very clearly say that you own a license to stream. That doesn't mean that you own the physical good, but what it does mean is if you own the license... You need to be able to transfer it. And most of the digital library systems do not allow a transfer of licenses and instead say, well, if another person wants it, then they
1: just need to buy a new copy, which is, of
0: course, what you want if you're the one who's selling the copies.
1: Now, but, in the world where you actually get the file, so say you buy a movie and you spent 20 bucks to buy the movie, it downloaded it, it's sitting on your hard drive. You cannot legally resell that because we all know you can make copies uh, and all that, that.
0: Uh, again the the only two things stopping you is that the terms of service that were that were forced upon you correct but uh, still illegal they're, they're, because it's, you it's can it's it's a contract of adhesion which is a, a little bit of a gray area but in general let's say that it's enforceable ter- um the terms of service were forced on you that you don't have you don't own the copy what you own is the right to play the copy that they still own
1: Right, because you can make a copy and that would be an exact duplicate, which means you could sell as many as you wanted or you could like sell the one and then keep the copy so you're not out anything. This technology, maybe not the way it's being used right now, but I think shows promise where you could buy a movie for 20 bucks and then figure out, you know what, I want to get rid of this because it's attached to something like the token of the blockchain. You can resell that then to somebody else. And even if the movie company baked in a five or ten percent royalty fee, you could probably still sell it for fifteen bucks, and you're still getting most of your money back because you can resell this because of this technology. Because yes. you can prove that copy has now left your hands, which I think that shows promise for that. Not necessarily. The I, way- I
0: certainly, I, I, yes, I certainly approve that. That is that is progress. That is an improvement over before, where there was no. You know, there there was no resell period. So having the ability to resell that is an improvement,
1: you know, which if, if that'll ever happen, I don't know. As more artists release music using this, we'll know a lot more. I was very disappointed. I wanted to see what the Reverend Horton heat was going to charge. And I was thinking I'm like, OK, I'll, I'll be in on this, even if it's 10 bucks, 15 bucks, whatever it is to buy a single. I like the band. I thought this was a cool thing to try. So, I can to admit
0: that I you brought up Revan Horton Heat, and the only place that my mind went was like, I don't think I've heard that name since I was in college. Well, you're old now. I mean, I know and, that. And I am old. And uh, the only song that I know from him is a little ditty that I absolutely love and find myself humming once in a while called Bales of Cocaine.
1: <laughs> We've got It's Martini Time. I mean, there's, yeah. it's, it's a good band, good band. Yeah. And he's still out there doing the thing. And. Artists are looking for ways to get one on one with the people that are their fans without the middleman in between them and technology like this. I mean, again, fees right now are crazy, but if that can all get figured out, this could be a very cool way to release an album that you don't need the record company for. And you're not just relying on the value for value model, which some artists are doing. Kings of Leon has done that with some stuff again. Where they just put the stuff out there and are like, hey, if you like it, here's how you send us cash. And I, I dig that, too. It's an interesting concept.
0: Uh, I wanted to I I wanted to finish up on my uh, my analysis of how the, the copyright works on the uh, the digital file, because I think this is an important distinction. A lot of people aren't aware of, uh, and that is that uh, you when, when you download something that's DRM'd, when you download something that's locked down by a terms of service, the terms of service almost always spells out that you don't own the file, that the file that's on your hard drive is still owned by the mega corporation who has enough lawyers to be able to draw up clever terms of service like this. But you do own a license to play the file. Um, what, what this means is that you have, you, you have the right to, transfer that license there, there has never been a court anywhere that says you are not allowed to transfer the license. That means that if you delete the file, if you, if I send, if I, if I go buy a file an MP3 or a DVD, whatever, and I send it to you, a DVD is a physical object. So this happens anyway, but I send you a file and then I delete the file locally. That in itself is legal. Yes. Uh, The thing that is not legal and uh, is, is a tension in the law, and one of the reasons why I think the DMCA was bad legislation, is that in order to avoid that scenario and, in fact, to force you to go buy another copy, even though I'm done with my copy and in the era of every era before digital, if I was done with mine and you wanted it, I could just give you my copy and be done. Um, In digital, the exceptional is that there are technological means DRM locks, things like that, that will prevent you from doing this. Now, you have the legal right to play this copy that's locked to my account. But what you can't do is play the copy that's locked to my account without circumventing the copy protection on it. And that is illegal according to the DMCA. And that is why I think the DMCA is bad law is because it makes illegal the use of a lot of material that is otherwise for bodies of law going back 200 years. Um, established that this is right. You you have for sale. You have the ability to transfer. You have the ability, and DMCA says, however, any company that just throws a, a ROT13 cipher on there and suddenly you lose the ability to transfer or something like that, because it's and, and, and I just I don't know. I I The DMCA bugs me. Yeah, I
1: don't know how video still doing it, but I don't run into any music. Well, everything is streaming has, now. But, but yeah, with the music, though, even when you can buy the high res flac files and all that kind of thing i don't think they use any kind of copy protection any longer i could be wrong and if i am feel free to reach out but i haven't seen that in a long time video may be different and streaming um, yes is all different most
0: music is is no longer encrypted and therefore you, you can exercise your legal rights without running afoul of the dmca
1: yes now i if can't you, you, i can't do that with the 3000 or so cd's that i physically own that i ripped to my network attached storage device if i sell those cds legally as you said you're required to then delete any of those copies cds
0: are not encrypted so you're not running afoul of the dmca in that case you are just straight up running afoul of the copyright act you are making an illegal copy uh if you you know if you if I downloaded your entire archive and you didn't delete the archive, then that is a violation because of the Copyright Act, because you're making illegal copies. No, no, you're just holding a backup for me. Shh. Yes, yes. And, and <laughs> it's it's yes, which, again, that only becomes illegal if I play it. But exactly. Uh, you know what? What they don't know won't hurt me.
1: Right. That would just be testing the integrity anyway, just to make sure that the backups are in good in good shape. That's all. It's just a test for science and uh, science. Speaking of science, uh, I was really happy to see the servers in France for no agenda. were still up the other day after.
0: I'm always happy to see the servers are still up because sometimes
1: when they go down, it's my fault. Well, that's true. In this case, did you start a fire in an OVH center?
0: I'm not that I'm willing to admit to in any kind of public extreme.
1: I couldn't even believe this could still happen. With the technology, you would think they would have, but this was a huge, huge I like story. fire suppression technology. Yes, fire. So you know when something little starts, you get it before your whole data center gets. That that is burned. usually
0: what you want to do.
1: <laughs> that it didn't happen in this case, and now it's being blamed on a faulty uninterruptible power supply uh, that was, I guess, serviced <laughs> that morning. So whoever serviced. The company that came in to do that, this is
0: this is why we need superconducting computing everywhere. You just keep the inside of the data center at absolute zero fire can't spread and all the computers are way more efficient anyway.
1: Well, that was everybody's like, where's the where's the device that just sucks all the oxygen out of the room and immediately puts out any fires? I mean, of course, if you have employees in the area, it puts out your employees, too. (laughs) if you suck all the oxygen out
0: <laughs> you know what i given how much data is stored in these data centers and how the economic value of of losing all of that i think some employees in some well there are a number of people who would consider some of the employees like
1: eh, that's a business expense we can lose them yeah press that button ovh i didn't realize is the largest hosting provider in europe and the third largest in the world so this yeah it's like it's a little run by uh, you know run by night kind of thing uh I, the most interesting thing to me is cuz they were showing a list of the online properties that were impacted on this there was a chess server there was videomaker rust there was crypto exchange derbits but it was only their blog site or something like that uh telecom company a news outlet art building complex and veracrypt and i went ooh veracrypt veracrypt And I went, that's interesting
0: that 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 could affect uh, the whole Internet.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Well, Veracrypt is the program that is open source that was uh, was originally what was a true crypt is what turned into Veracrypt. And uh, you just have to wonder if (laughs) if you want to run into the conspiracy theories and uh, kind of try to hide your trace, cover your trace, because there's some other stories. Yeah. This See,
0: week. you're thinking that they did something else and then used the fire?
1: Maybe. That maybe. Uh, there was this was maybe a cover up. Uh I, although this was very conveniently one of OVH's oldest and ready to be updated and upgraded uh, placed locations.
0: Oh, oh, oh I I like conspiracy theories coming out left and right. I like the <laughs> idea of just OVH using this is like we needed to upgrade the upgrade the
1: data center yep. and uh you know, insurance company you got money. Yeah. And we need a lot of servers. So, uh, we're going to be spending a lot of money on servers. But yes, it was one of their older generation data centers. And, you know, the new ones are totally a new, different generation. Those weren't impacted at all. So yes, I mean, it is kind of funny. It's like if you have three brand new Maserati sitting in your garage and like one old, like Pinto, and, you know, it was the Pinto that blew up because that just makes perfect sense which it actually might when it comes to the Pinto.
0: It depends on how close you park those Maseratis.
1: (laughs) Right. Right. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I mean, I don't think any of that is connected. But when one of the biggest crypto uh, cryptography, not in the sense of coin or anything here, just the way to encrypt your data was part of this. I think that's uh, an interesting thing. Although, again, a lot of people have their sites on the service so it probably means absolutely nothing but that was really the only name that jumped out for me when i looked at who was impacted on it so maybe no big deal whatsoever uh, just watch when people are doing service on your ups devices that uh, things don't blow up well I,
0: I i have to imagine that ovh has more than one data center and i know that uh yes that no agenda for example, has. Uh, two servers in france colo there um uh, but i don't know where in france so right i, I don't guess think they tell
1: you maybe i don't know if you know which maybe, one maybe
0: they don't he, I, actually i would believe that void zero knows two. because he knows that that guy knows
1: things that's true mark van dyke knows all they said thanks to the 300 cameras that they have in the Strasbourg location they were able to figure out where the fire started and uh it would really be yeah, interesting it, to it, see in that. the building somewhere. I'm sure you're right. Uh, that would well, you never know. It could, yeah. it could just magically happen. You see yeah. the CEO out there with some Molotov cocktails. So that's, just, yes,
0: that's that's a new 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 Star Trek transporter technology. used telefire.
1: Yeah, telefire <laughs> though that would be good. I'm going to write that down. Let <laughs> telefire. But with, uh, with the story with that so, with all the cameras, which yeah. I thought was kind of nicely tied into the. That story, as well as what we have covered before, and I know uh, yeah. we talked about in the last show, was something that got your brother Tony all up in arms, and I, I never did go and listen to that. Did Whatever. you did uh, really? No, I didn't listen. To okay,
0: the- oh, okay. Let me just—I'll give you some shit about this. Then you can summarize. Um, yeah, I can summarize. Uh, he was not up in arms. uh What happened no, was we was, had was really we had asked if somebody in the cable company and and by we uh, it was probably me but went out and put out and said any producer who happens to know about this thing we we had decided you and i that we didn't know enough and we wanted to know does anybody in the cable company understand there there was some discussion about whether or not um Xfinity's cameras would be installed indoors or out. And is there a privacy implication and will they install? And I said, anybody out there who knows what's going on, can you please send us uh you know, send us a voicemail or a little text or some clip or something explaining this. And Tony went out and he recorded like a four minute segment where he explained in detail everything that was going on and and how it worked and what was and it was a great follow up it would have been a great segment and you completely dismissed it and said oh he's probably ranting he wasn't ranting he was explaining you want ranting how about you just totally dismiss and don't even listen to him and then you get to hear me ranting
1: about it no, I just said we don't do clips. But now what was did he, what was he uh, did <laughs> This he wasn't say? a clip. It was a voicemail. And we already established on this show that we do voicemails. Well, we do once, like once every six months we <laughs> check them and then they might get played or not. So I think that is a follow up. I,
0: I, I did listen to it. And I think that it, it is a worthy follow up to that story.
1: And it was what he says. Can you do the cameras inside? I said, yes. Was that correct?
0: Um, the, the installers will not install the cameras inside. They will hand you the cameras and tell you how to install it.
1: Okay. See that, that makes sense. Cause otherwise it's like this camera showed there's, up there's in too my much daughter's room.
0: Yeah. There's, there's too much liability. They, they won't. I mean, that was the gist of it. I, I, like I said, I think that, that bringing that clip would have been a good idea and, and we still may, we still can, uh, or we can, you know, put it out publicly or i don't know i i i felt like uh he did a pretty good job and and i was a little annoyed at you when you just dismissed it oh he's ranting it's not because
1: i was putting together a show at the very last minute with boo boobery and when, that's Spencer. always
0: when you put together a show and you also don't
1: really put much together. It's a little bit more difficult. When yeah. you have to add another you just audio. go
0: out input. to a link aggregator, and be like, okay, what are the tech news stories right now? That, that that's how you put together a show. I know it. And then every once in a while, you're audio. like, how can I trip up Bemrose by completely randomly switching the way
1: that we connect? That's the way, but it sounds great. It sounds buttery <laughs> smooth. I swear you sound even better. Oh, this who system. are you listening?
0: Who are you doing a podcast with right now?
1: <laughs> this isn't Larry. Larry of that Larry No. I thought you okay no, I was going to say if you got Larry on the other line that would explain why it sounds butterly smooth I thought maybe Zencaster just had the Blidenner filter now that anybody that's talking it just automatically Ooh. gets converted to Ooh, Larry I, I want one of those See, now that would be a drop in solution then we could get comic strip logger on because you wouldn't have to be worried that people would hear his voice and yeah. be able to recognize him but there was a story on Bleeping Computer which I thought was genius in oh, yeah. relation to the concept i also have a
0: follow-up to to the story we did on our last real show
1: too so well this was uh, the hackers accessing surveillance cameras at tesla cloudflare banks and more and i'm like oh really okay yeah and if you don't think this is happening to your xfinity or adt or whatever home account you're nuts they're
0: well I i would want to know more about what exactly was accessed
1: well they the hackers posted screenshots of a Tesla warehouse uh Cloudflare was less impressive but it was a Cloudflare office space that had been most likely because of COVID inactive for like 6 months but they did have feeds coming out of that location it looks like this all stemmed back to them getting access to a one of these companies that uh a super admin account for a company called Verkada, V-E-R-K-A-D-A, which is a surveillance company that works with all of these organizations. So my guess is Verkada has something to do with the systems that were set up in places like Tesla and Cloudflare. And it turns yes. out, because it's their system, <laughs> their monkeys that work in their tech support have accounts that can go access to all of these devices. Surprise.
0: <laughs> I, I, and and it's not even the companies it's a uh microservices. i i've got dvorak in my head now it's a microservices <laughs> architecture because that's that's what happens when you when you bring in the the idea behind microservices is is really valuable it is you bring in a company to do each piece of the puzzle very very well because that's the only thing that they do and you bring in you know you bring in a company to install the cameras and you bring in a different company to um, you know, it store the feeds and then you bring in another company to analyze them and you bring in another. And that's great. Except now you've got 12 companies in your chain and any one of them could be a breach. And then your whole system is compromised. So from our security perspective, microservices architecture is kind of awful.
1: Yes. And they're using one of your favorite words. It's a hashtag operation panopticon, which is being oh, associated geez. with these attacks. Why, I just like the idea for how how nefarious it is and efficient that you never yeah. know when you're being watched. You know, you might be so, being watched. So it. So basically, what
0: what we have here is uh, a, a some like this company had an internal security problem, and it translated into an internal security problem for all of their clients.
1: Pretty much, yes. That's what yeah, it that's looks gonna like. That's going to be a problem for the
0: company. Yeah,
1: this is what it looks like that your devices were used and installed in these and including at the bank of Utah. And I'm sure that that wouldn't be of any use if, if criminals could start getting cameras inside of banks and stuff. No, I'm you sure
0: know. there's no monetary or, or financial <laughs> incentive to want to hack anything going on in a bank. No,
1: nothing at all. So nothing to see here, but this just continues to prove why all of these devices that we allow into our normal lives, have made it nearly impossible to have any kind of privacy there was uh, one of the experts over on no agenda social which is now closed you have to use a different federated system to get in yes but by the way when when are we setting up grumpy old ben's dot social when we can afford it i mean once oh, okay. once i heard what uh it costs to run no agenda social it <laughs> would have to be it would have to be a money up front kind of a thing, and it wouldn't have to be a lot, but it would be something like 10 bucks a year would probably cover the account for anybody that wants to use it. So it's not like it would be a money maker, but there is a you know, lot I know, of money involved.
0: I, I know there's everybody's into the the free society and how if a service isn't free, then nobody's going to use it. But um what if we decided to set something up like that, that? That just we're like, okay, you know what? If you pay ten dollars a year, uh, we'll give you a grumpy old Ben's
1: dot social account or whatever. I'm, hey, do I, we've had worse ideas. That's true, and we know the folks, you know, Erin and other dudes named Ben that would be more than uh, I'm sure happy to help us get these things rolling. So, I mean, if there's interest, I mean, hey, let us know. But King Clown, which is a great name over on no agenda social he's like is privacy dead is there any point in trying to keep your information private when all of your friends yes. will rat your information out but
0: you have to be incredibly vigilant. For example, my technique where I don't install apps uh, I use secure browsers which are apparently a version behind I learned this morning um, right. so maybe not maybe not as secure as I'd like um, I, I I don't have a camera pointed at me. It's amazing how much how, how effective it can be to keep videos of you from getting out by not taking videos of you. Um, And, uh, you you know, the, the concern that you just pointed out where your friends are going to rat you out. Obviously I fixed that by having no friends,
1: (laughs) right? That's a good, that's one way to do it because as he points out in the message was these apps, especially that when people install them on their phone, go, Hey, we'd like to share all of your contacts, Right. And you happen to be on one of those contact lists. It's like you can't keep your information from being given away by your friends. And that was his uh, that was his takeaway, which was, uh, you know, interaction with other people seems to be the largest attack vector. Is there no hope? And uh, no, I don't think there's any hope, sadly.
0: Well, there 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 might be hope. But what you're fighting against is the amount of value in building databases of interactions and con- contacts between people that that is what makes Facebook so amazing is is not you know they they have details on everything that you've ever looked at on your phone on the browser you know wherever they're tracking you they have the they have the details of every web page you've gone to, but right. that's not what is really valuable. What is really valuable is that Facebook knows who you know and who they know and who they know and who they know and can build up these webs and chains of people connected so that they can manipulate you through your friends. And that is way more valuable.
1: It's like playing six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yeah. uh,
0: Yeah. Except that, that Kevin Bacon is actually big
1: brother. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And we're all less than six steps away from we're all six steps away from oblivion. Well, there are so many cameras around now that it really does seem like it's a losing battle, because I don't think anybody can walk up and down their street at this point without being captured on a ring doorbell. You can't walk into any store of whatever type at this point, I don't think, without being hit by a security camera. It's getting a lot more, uh, a lot rarer for that to happen. But when you have things like speaking of stories that are attached, a Russian food retailer, according to a Breitbart article today has launched okay what do you think you can pay with at the self checkout at this russian food retailer
0: um loaves of bread
1: pay with your face
0: oh yeah you know i was i was going to bring up one of the most fascinating things about you know facial recognition has been on the rise for 5 years and we've been complaining about it for two and uh, uh, one of the most fascinating problems is people doing facial recognition starting to it's starting to sink in that mask mandates aren't going away in any place that that has a little bit of blue in their state. And they're suddenly going, okay. it's actually a really hard problem because now the only inputs we have are the
1: eyes. Yes. And retina scans are great, but you have to get really close to the
0: machine or or use a very powerful laser.
1: Right. (laughs) That's that's (laughs) not good. I can tell you as somebody with crappy eyes, you don't want lasers shot into your eyes. But this is Russia's largest food retailer. The company is called X5, and they said they will have these biometric units installed in about 3,000 supermarkets by the end of the year this year.
0: Wasn't that the original plan for for the Amazon markets that? I mean, now they have you pay with your phone. You walk in and it GPS you and and it does NFC when you walk out and or Bluetooth or it does some kind of connect. So all you have to do is, is walk in, grab something off the shelf and walk out like you're shoplifting. Right. And it will just know if your phone's in your pocket that, OK, we'll charge you, which is tremendously convenient and frightening as hell from a privacy perspective. But I seem to recall when that was first announced, they were talking about using facial recognition.
1: I can see that because that is where it is going. And it's intriguing that it is a 3D scan, which is different than a lot of them that we've talked about in the past, because when your phones and stuff are doing it, it's just out of one camera. So I don't think there's doing I don't think any of the phones yet are sending out any kind of radar or anything to try to get a, you know, those kind of measurements. But this is getting a 3D scan. At
0: uh, what point do they just start x-raying you
1: soon? Which I, maybe is better because your dental records, I mean, that could be used as. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah. And how, how many shot, you know, how many shopping trips do you get before you develop cancer?
1: Yes. Pay with your teeth. It would be pay a- with your cancer.
0: Well, it, um, that was the thing that was made me think about facial recognition, especially you brought up the 3D scanning. One of the reasons that the 3D scanning hasn't really caught on is that it is highly sensitive to uh, anything that can affect the 3D shape of your face, the, the big place where. 3d scans don't work very well is a uh, men with
1: beards. Yes. Especially uh, the, changing the way your beard looks. Yeah.
0: I mean, you, you, you shave, uh, you know, I shave my beard every five days and uh, not shave, but like trim. And that changes the shape of my face because the, the hair grows in different lengths in different places. Um, the other thing that, that definitely changed the 3d shape of my face, uh, only a few days ago, was getting dental work. And suddenly my entire front was all swollen up. (laughs) It's, there is still a little bit of swelling and you can probably hear it in my sibilance.
1: No, it sounds good. But the, when you're using your cell phone to buy, I mean, that's creepy in its own kind of way. But that also means that if I know you've got this app on your phone and I know you personally wouldn't, but you know, somebody that has this app on their phone, you're like, Hey, let me borrow your phone for a minute. And, and,
0: and if you want privacy and you're not a millennial, then you can leave your phone at home. If right. you are a millennial, then the idea of leaving your phone anywhere just doesn't occur to you. But,
1: but it's even but better if, if you borrow a buddy's phone that, you know, has this yeah. set up at the grocery store, then go shop. You can't
0: really if you want privacy from facial recognition, you can't really leave your face at home
1: because I wonder. If, I don't know if that's ever happened yet. I'm I mean, sure I guess it probably you, has.
0: you can ask your buddy is like, hey, can you punch me really hard yeah. and, and give me a black eye to change my face enough that?
1: But if somebody I, takes your phone and they go to the grocery store and then they take a bunch of groceries out, well, now, who have you stolen from? Have you stolen from your buddy or the grocery store? Because the yes. buddy's going to get charged for it. And uh, that this adds a whole different complexity to it. And with the face scanners, okay, this is great. And this is interesting. But what about identical twins? I want to know what happens with identical well, twins. Well,
0: okay. Okay. You know what? That, that is a, a real technical concern that, that I'd, I'd like to know the answer to. But here's the, the technical problem with it that is going to kill the technology in its tracks. Okay. And not as much of a problem in Russia, but this could never come to America in today's culture for this reason. Black people. Ooh. Because facial recognition is racist because it doesn't detect black people as well as it detects whites.
1: But will the 3d version that may be the, that may be the secret sauce. Maybe it would be interesting to see if it really, I can't tell
0: you, you want to see me grow a mountain man beard and style it different every day. Just start (laughs) building, you know, building 3d facial recognition all over the
1: place. Yeah. I think that's coming. I do. I do. think,
0: And I recommend every man do that. I recommend every woman do that too. I mean, there are hormones out there. You They're can, free. Yeah. They're not taboo anymore. You can find even paying for it. If you want to join the military.
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, you don't need cash, bank cards or smartphones to use the service. All you do is present your face and payment will be posted.
0: Uh, it, it, <laughs> it creeps me the hell out.
1: Yeah. They say it's secure technology. I'm not too sure because this is really where you hope. Is there such a thing as secure technology? No, that's true. This is where you hope you have a doppelganger that signs up for this service before you. Because then free food. <laughs> yes. So
0: on our last uh show, our 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 last real show of Grumpy Old Ben's. A which week was ago. Now, so you don't think the last week, two, week two real? Ago, I think the last two were fascinating conversations, but they were not they were not Grumpy Old Ben's shows. You didn't bring stories. You didn't uh you didn't bring stories that you could then follow up on like the NVIDIA RTX 3060 with restrictions preventing you from mining anything.
1: Yes. And how long did it take the hackers?
0: Uh, There's that's a matter of some debate Uh, within uh, 12 days of the announcement where NVIDIA came out and said this chip or this card will not allow you to mine. uh, Somebody put up a screenshot on a Facebook group that showed a mining rig going at full speed, which was taken by everybody picking up on it. Ah, oh, it's already been hacked. There is in fact, some question about that.
1: Uh, the legitimacy of the video.
0: Well, the legitimacy of the video, because it just showed up on a Facebook group and no one else has managed to, uh, reproduce that. So from a scientific perspective, it's kind of like when, when studies show and everybody jumps on it and it turns out it was actually one study who didn't follow any kind of rigor and just made up something and then sent it out and and sent it for be published and also leaked it to the newspaper and then the journal said you didn't use science and rejected it but it's okay cuz it got reported and picked up by every outlet because of the narrative and I might be doing a run on here but um the real problem seems to be that the image was of a uh, an alg- it was not the Ethereum algorithm; it was the Octopus algorithm, which was used to mine the Conflux altcoin. And uh what it looks like oh, is that the yeah. the mining hat or the mining block in the NVIDIA seems to only quote detect specific attributes of the Ethereum cryptocurrency mining algorithm.
1: Right, because that's what most the people meaning, are using these for.
0: That is what most people are using, but. If that's the only crypto mining that they block, then they're not really blocking all that much, are they?
1: No, they're not. But the Ethereum was for those cards, the most reasonable as far as getting bang for your buck, as far as what kind of return you can get, which is why everybody was like
0: because that's well, where I started. They're picking winners by by canceling out exactly one coin then when oh, when does somebody fork the ethereum and come out with ethereum 2 yeah. which doesn't hit this block and now you can just go full speed ahead. It doesn't feel like they're blocking much.
1: Or does Nvidia have a stake in this coin that all of a sudden is the easiest and best? Because that is where I mean I have no nothing against ethereum but I have no love for ethereum when I decided, well, what could I mine with the older lower powered. I don't have top of the line video cards. What could I mine with my video cards? I went to a website. I punched in the cards that I had and they gave me a result saying Ethereum is the best you can do right yeah. now. It's called acid as making is money. fact checking me says
0: Ethereum 2.0 is a real thing. Okay. Then Ethereum <laughs> 2.5 e- Ethereum 3.11 for work groups.
1: But that's intriguing because that's why I picked Ethereum. So all, if all of a sudden there's a new crypto, that these nvidia cards are gods as far as mining then we could just be falling right into an nvidia trap to buy the cards
0: yeah it could be well nvidia also announced that hey we're going to come out with a card specifically for mining and you know how do you right. make a card specifically for mining no that's GPU. easy you put the processor on there and well no the gpu is the processor you leave the gpu on there cuz that's the thing that's powerful has you know what, what what's nvidia up to like 10,000 cuda cores or whatever the the parallel processing units you leave the gpu on there you just don't put a video
1: out right right you, you
0: don't know, don't put it don't put a dvi socket on there or hdmi or whatever and, and suddenly it's no longer a video card
1: it is a i totally support card.
0: doing that but that's we talked about the on on the last show we talked about this where uh the the difference is the carrot and the stick where putting in uh, uh, firmware, and and by the way, the way that NVIDIA seems to have done this block is is a little bit nefarious and I really am not a fan, but putting in a block saying, we're going to nerf our cards and prevent them from being used for a certain thing, that's the stick. And uh, for as far as incentives go, it's always better to use the carrot, and the carrot is, here, here's a card that you can get a little bit cheaper, and we didn't put a, a display port out, put on it, so it's just a GPU has no ports and therefore it's not a video card. And now miners go buy this up unlimited and leave the ones with graphics ports for the gamers. That is a better approach, but NVIDIA didn't lead with that. They, they led with uh, with the quote from the, the, well, this was their, their director of PR, but they said there's a secure handshake between the driver, the RTX 3060 Silicon and the BIOS that prevents the removal of the hash rate limiter. Now, I would love to see what that is. Of course, they'll never tell us because uh, that would allow people to circumvent it. And of course, NVIDIA has a little bit of an advantage because much to the chagrin of anybody who wants to run Linux, um, they have never released the source code for one of their drivers. Their drivers are always black boxes, which makes that easier to work on. But I don't want NVIDIA putting shit in my BIOS. And I'm not sure that I like the idea of some kind of back channel handshake going on in here.
1: Yeah, that's what's um, weird. And it hurts the people that especially now that they're sec- that second product is out there, which if you're a crypto miner full time, you're going to buy that if you can get your hands on it, you're going to buy that because it's going to be a little bit cheaper, I believe. And it's going to be more efficient, which means it's going to take less power, which means it's going to cost you less to do the same amount of mining all things that crypto people are looking for every last little percentage that they can get. Cause this isn't like one card's gonna make you rich. That's why these machines that people are using have like 10 whatever cards in there. So that would make sense. The people that it's hurting are the gamers, like our buddy Mudpig, who we again have a donation coming up from that has a gaming rig that he said is just sitting on doing its thing all day long. Now what you're doing to people that are actually gamers that want to buy your card to game, they can't make a few bucks running it when they're not gaming because you're, you're hurting them. You're turning off yeah. a feature that or, they should or, be or able I to guess,
0: use. I guess if they make a few bucks, it has to be in a different altcoin than Ethereum,
1: right? Because Ethereum is obviously way too easy to mine, which it I, is.
0: I, I just, I guarantee that if, if this NVIDIA push to ban Ethereum only, goes forward and and becomes a standard uh the only effect is going to be the rise of a different altcoin
1: oh there's so many now it's not even i mean there's
0: a ton of altcoins and suddenly you know if if it's hard to mine ethereum then you're just going to see people going out and buying this card in droves stealing them from gamers and mining something else right don't feel like i don't see why this is a block or why it's even worth doing
1: no and it is something to be said for finding some really obscure crypto that you think might have a chance and just mining the hell out of it, even if it's worth nothing today. We all saw what happened to Bitcoin with people who just abandoned wallets with multiple Bitcoin because yeah, it's not worth anything. And now it is yeah. over like 57,000 today. I yeah. this is why so the next, NFT. next
0: time, by <laughs> the way, next time that any of you mine, a bunch of crypto that you think is never going to go anywhere. And you want to abandon your wallets, Go ahead and send it to us because we are the patron saints of abandoned altcoins. Right. And we'll take them.
1: Yeah. Why not? Why not? We'll take them and we'll store them safely. And if you ask nicely, when they skyrocket, we might give you a percentage back. Just Might.
0: I would just I ask it all. I totally I have no problem with that.
1: You're like here we go. It's a I mean, if thing. somebody
0: gave us thirty-three bitcoins back Whoa! in the day when they were worth a pizza. Oh, that's Canadian.
1: I, oh, cold acid almost gave me a heart attack. You did a bitcoin value in the troll room and it came up <laughs> at seventy-one thousand dollars. I'm like, oh wait, that's Canadian, so that's like fifty dollars. Yeah. Wow, Bitcoin's way down then. Yeah, it's it's gone. Yeah, it's only seventy one thousand Canadian. Man, you can't <laughs> uh wow, that's the rise in that that's that's,
0: the- that's like that's like tree 50.
1: <laughs> my whole thing with the nfts is i thought bitcoin was a bad deal at 3900 so <laughs> i figured this nft thing i'm not gonna say it's not going anywhere
0: I, yeah it, it might be going somewhere i down is somewhere
1: yes but up it, down left right
0: yeah so i've got uh I've got a pretty big rabbit hole that uh, you're seeing how we completely bloviated on things that weren't on my no- notes file at all. Um, they were all on
1: mine. So, woo, winning, winning, oh, winning. Well, uh,
0: my deep rabbit hole has to do with uh, Brave and the
1: Tailcat search engine. What is the Tailcat um, search? I don't even know what this is. So, this is a rabbit hole.
0: Uh, it, it is. In fact, what I ended up coming across was a PDF of a push coming out of Brave that was a Started by Brennan Ike, who is a, a libertarian that got kicked out of the Mozilla Foundation for being unwoke.
1: Um, <laughs> well, as one, I uh, want to do,
0: and and then went off and started Brave. Is like, okay, well, you know, if you're you're gonna screw up this browser, we're gonna create a new one with hookers and blackjack.
1: Seems reasonable. Um,
0: and uh, they have created a new push called Goggles, which I can't help but think is a, a play on Google, but. <laughs> It's also uh, um, it's, you you know, have you there? What's the saying? You can use rose tinted goggles. You can, uh, you know, look at the world through different, uh, uh, different goggles that are tinted, different colors and see different things. Or that's really what these things are doing. It is a language specification for custom user defined search ranking. And uh, so, the the thing that got me into this was the story about Brave buying the Tailcat search engine because they want a search engine. And why did they want a search engine? It ended up pushing me toward the white paper on goggles, which came out in. Um, originally, they, they started pushing this in 2019. Um, what, OK, what does it do?
1: Well, um, we know why they want a search engine. We've talked about how many millions of dollars that it was worth the Firefox to have Google as their default search engine, everybody making a browser rather than go make a deal with somebody like Google or Microsoft. I'm sure they all do the same thing, giving them a cut for bringing them, you know, proportion of the ad revenue. If you have your own search engine, that's what you want as the default.
0: You know, that's exactly what I thought it was. And that in itself would be enough, but okay. So, um, more. well, it's this goggles thing, uh, a, it allows you to specify when you do a search. Um, it, it the Okay, so the, the theory, and this is just a white paper, but the theory is when you submit your search query, one of the pieces of information that you submit along with it is a URL to a, a, a goggles definition file, which is just a text file that's specifically formatted. In fact, the format that they use is based on the ad block plus syntax. Oh, nice. which is an incredibly powerful syntax for filtering domains. It has to be in order to, uh, or filtering web URLs. Um, what this text file does is it lists a number of URL patterns and and then actions to go along with the filter. Um, when you send this along, what it does is things that trigger on your pattern your your action can be uh you know, place it top or uh remove entirely or whatever. So um when you one of your filters might be uh techcrunch.com and cancel and then right. you'll never see a result from them. sucks. <laughs> yeah. Or uh you could uh the the examples that they gave in the white paper is um you could create a a goggle for only tech blogs or a goggle for exclude the top 1000 domains, which would allow you to see the smaller ones. Um, you can, uh, create a special goggle that says only grumpyoldbens.com And suddenly it becomes site search.
1: Well, oh, that's interesting too.
0: Um, you know, they also say, uh, they, the, the other examples they give product reviews without commercial intent. I'm not sure exactly how you define that one, but, um, or you could say uh, independent media for Syria, for example. Um, but the idea is that uh, one of the least trustworthy things about search engines these days is the completely opaque, non-transparent algo that decides what the top two results are. And we know that the top two results are 96% of the clicks ever from any search engine, which oh, yeah. means that if they put. If they always, you know, you ask for anything political and they always put New York Times and WSJ in the first two slots, which happens to be exactly what Google does, then you're going to get all your news from far left rags. But this allows you to, uh, customize how the search results are ranked. Now it's, they're, they're, uh, very clear to point out that they are not, uh, they're not going to open up the search the 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 search algo itself and um the the reason for that is uh that they cite let's see they cite intellectual property and they also eh, I don't i don't know about that but, but like, they also say seo
1: right well yeah because once somebody figures out how that works your results are useless if there's enough people using it because people will game the system but now if somebody wanted to use this could you we have a bunch of different podcasts that run on the no agenda stream ours is one of those and uh, cold acid is a, a rare encounter and sir seat sitters if we wanted to take a list of all of those shows could you roll your own search engine for like the no agenda community so somebody's like sure. oh, i heard something on the stream but i don't remember which show it was on you could do a search and that would only give you results back from those set of podcast yeah. sites
0: i uh, I mean you can if, if when you send a search you also send what what goggle file you want with it. And that goggle file says filter all the results by this. Now. uh, So what, what they're clear about is, is that they are not, they're not pushing for your goggle file to replace their algo. So they are still going to give you the list of filtered results uh, based on whatever their proprietary algo is. And they're not going to tell you what it is. So, uh, you know, good luck. There, we're, we're not going fully open source search, which may or may not be good. The, the like I said, the SEO aspect is, is a real concern and, and there, but, um, what it does though, is you send it along, you say, you send the no agenda one and you say, uh, give me Alex Jones. And then you send along only at no agenda stream community sites, then it's going to get all of the Alex Jones clips that it knows about and then filter it down based on what you got. And it's going to say, okay, well then the top one, you know, the top 37 results are all, uh, abs, abs six in a setback yeah. <laughs> and, and the rest are, are cold acid and hog story or whatever. But, um, and if, if that's what you want, then yes, that's, that's what you're getting. Uh, now they say that they, you know, I, my first thought when I looked at this is, uh, why does it have to be applied server side? And they do point out that, uh, the, the real problem and, and the first thing that they want to do, because Brave is a is a browser company. Correct. Um, Brave wanted to just put this in the browser and apply it there. But uh, Google and Startpage and DuckDuckGo and things like that generally only give you 10 results at a time. And if you give a no agenda filter and you search for Alex Jones and none of the top 10 results happen to be in that filter, you're going to have no results left. And so it needs to be able to pull in the top thousand results to filter along this in order to get, you know, or if you're doing like a site search, it might be result 12,000. So it, it, you almost have to have access to the index in order to apply the filter and still get something in all cases. So that, that's one thing they pointed out, you know, even Bing, which gives 50 is not, that's not going to be enough for the the more aggressive filters. That makes sense. Um, that is the rationale as to why Brave decided to buy a search engine. Um, apparently they tried to do this already last year with the clicks engine, C L I Q Z. I'd never heard of this, uh, owned I. by a Euro- European media company, Hubert Berta Media, which is Munich and Barcelona. So, um, they also happen to be one of the larger Brave shareholders. So corporate, but that's okay. Um, but the Clicks engine was shut down in April of 2020. So uh, the team, when Clicks shut down, went out and started making what they called uh, an open source engine, which they hadn't released any versions of. And now they're never going to because that open source engine ended up becoming Tailcat, which is what Brave is buying now. So Brave is creating a search engine that is going to be the default in the Brave browser. They're going to make it available for other browsers. and that in itself is a news story but what fascinated me about it is is going down the rabbit hole of this brave goggles concept that that they're going to bake into the brave browser and they're going to say uh if if you want to filter based on your own bubble go for it you know it ob- obviously it goes without saying you you're going to have lists that are uh you know give me only conservative sites or give me only tabloids or give me only you know Uh, cnn and new york times and washington post or which is very
1: useful when you think about it because there are sometimes depending what you're looking for the type of site makes a big difference
0: yeah now there is uh and and this is called out in the white paper but it, it it was one of the first things i thought of is um you are adding a piece of information to your search which can be used for
1: fingerprinting that being uh what filter you're using now, where are these filters actually located? Is this something you can upload well, on to the internet? Okay. So uh, it's not it, locally on your machine. It's,
0: it's a URL. Okay. So it has to be hosted somewhere. Um, I don't know if they're going to have an option to use it locally on your machine. I, I, I mean, it would be interesting to send the filter file. If the filter file is only a couple lines, you could probably put it in the payload of the request. But if you, if you're using a public filter that's like, like when you go out and, download uh easy list or or an annoyance filter or one of the ad block filters they can be hundreds of kilobytes long oh yeah they're big which is just the list of domains that all suck yeah, By the way, that, tells you, that tells you what you need to know about the internet uh accessible and and, and trying to include that into every request is going to be problematic so it looks like the way they're implementing this right now is you send a URL. And the idea behind it is not that you personally have or host all of your various filter lists. The idea is that somebody you trust, and, and they're again, they're getting this from ad blocking. Uh, somebody out there is going to host a publicly curated or publicly maintained or at least publicly published list and and low so i will say you know i I, maybe maybe i publish or actually i don't like doing work but maybe you publish (laughs) a a list of here is the filter that you use to get the no agenda goggle and then anybody who wants to to make the search using that will link to your filter that you published that makes sense somebody else will you know it, it. so somebody would put somewhere on the internet a a list that says here is only independent media or here's only media that's not managed by China or here's only media that, that supports my hardcore anarchist leanings or something like that. And if you trust the list and you trust the person, then you will link to their site, which I think is a way it's decentralized and it's exactly everything that I like about the internet is that, Uh, I will use your list precisely if I think that your curation of search results is good for me. And if I don't trust your curation of search results, I'll use someone else's list. I I think that's exactly what the internet is supposed to be about. It's significantly better than, oh, well, you must trust Google because they're the only ones who are going to sort
1: results for you. Right. And it gives you a look into sites that you might otherwise not see. Because we know SEO is a thing and we know people are gaming the system and we know when it comes to search engines like Google, when you search for news, they seem to want to show you left leaning rather than right. So this will give you an interesting way to do a search and say, only search the conservative media with George Floyd, say, and then only search the liberal media with George Floyd and then see how those two worlds cover the same story which is very very cool and and uh, they
0: point out they are they are quick to point out they say this does not fix the problem of misinformation echo chambers or confirmation bias you know first of all those problems are not things that are easily fixed and the, the every attempt that we're seeing in public of people trying to fix the problem of misinformation or confirmation bias is is people like facebook coming in and bringing their fact checkers and what you're not you're not getting uh, uh the elimination of misinformation. what you're getting is the Ministry of information, right which you're, is you're worse. getting yeah and so this doesn't fix that if you're going to what, what it does is it puts the control over whose misinformation you're getting in your hands, which is a significant step up, but you still have to bring your bullshit filter to the web. You have to look at sources critically. You have to engage critical thinking skills. You have to not accept what you're being fed at face value. If you have the ability to do that, you're already ahead of 95% of Facebook users. But yes. none of these none of these things are are fixable. You, you have to be able to critically think about things on your own. With, like I said, something that, that that schools are not teaching and most people don't seem to have. But if it, it, it's necessary, you're, you know, this is not going to fix that problem. I guess it, it doesn't make the um, no all critical it's doing thinking is, is important. All it's doing is letting you have multiple perspectives,
1: which makes sense. I mean, unlike Facebook, who there was a story that they came for the Wall Street Journal this week who dared to have an op ed by a Johns Hopkins surgeon. But, you know, what the surgeon uh, was saying, so it
0: sounds like a. Sounds like he's totally wrong unless he's saying what the narrative says. Exactly. Right.
1: If you don't say what the WHO wants you to say, boom, you will be
0: silenced. And Johns Hopkins is, has been at the forefront of the coronavirus narrative. So yes. somebody like that, I mean, he they must be pissed at him.
1: And it's just because he was saying he believed that the herd immunity will be here a little bit sooner than everybody else is saying, because he said nobody was taking into effect that there are a certain amount of people who have a natural immunity to this virus. And that's never figured in. And that, I guess, is dangerous. He said people have agreed with him privately, but everybody is so afraid that if yeah. a little bit of news gets out that says something different, that people will all of a sudden decide that they don't need to keep listening. And he said his uh the main thing he came down with was he believes that People should be presented with the information and allowed to make up their own minds rather than have somebody censor and spoon feed them information. And I applaud the guy for that. Yeah,
0: it sounds like the guy was doing science. Yeah, which which is something that is not allowed when, you know, you have to just shut up and trust the science.
1: Would you have morons at Facebook fact checking a surgeon from Johns Hopkins. Who are you going to believe for medical advice, moron at Facebook, Johns Hopkins? Well, surgeon. I mean,
0: most people are going to a politician and uh, and an operating system executive <laughs> to yeah. get their medical advice. Yeah,
1: I like Big Bill, man. He knows what's going on.
0: Well, you know, early on in his career, he he made. He, he made the operating system. He filled it with viruses and then he offered you the solution to the viruses and the problems that he solved. And uh, it's good to know that he uh, has not changed that at all.
1: He's, well, he's still injecting viruses just in a yeah. different way.
0: He's, he's still creating viruses and then offering the solution to them. Yes. Yeah. That's that, by the way, if you don't have your bullshit filter on was called a conspiracy theory. It's the circle of life.
1: Do we do conspiracy theories here? I didn't think that was in our, in our, wheelhouse we do conspiracy facts oh right that is what we prefer and that's why people come to this show now is there anything else on this particular uh, search engine kind of thing or should um the the
0: only other thing i had uh is uh one of their public statements was uh they let's see they talked about uh the the new search engine will serve users and not ad companies but then of course uh there there was a quote, a paragraph down said, uh, we are working on bringing private ads to search as we've done for Brave user ads, and uh, we will provide options for ad free paid search or ad supported search. So um saying that this is going to serve users, not ad companies, says the executive from an ad company, because make no mistake, Brave might be making a browser and they might be making a search engine, but they appear to be an ad company.
1: Yes. Well, they always push that on the Brave browser, like, turn this on. It's safe ads. and I'm just like, nope. And
0: and and compared to most of the uh, compared to Google and Facebook, they are safe ads. They are. They're a very, very reputable and ethical ad company. But they're still pushing ads on you.
1: Yeah. And I mean, again, we understand if you're not paying anything and you're not seeing ads, then they're scraping your data. So like we said, if we were going to start up something like Grumpy Old Ben Social, yeah, up front it's like well okay we need a few bucks because this is not free and uh you got to cover the cost and i get I know, that
0: and we will never sell you to advertisers because we personally don't like the advertisers right
1: we will only tell you to keep listening to our show and become yes. an expert and become a guru and we do have some experts to thank on today's show first, i love experts i know first and foremost executive producer for today's show is our buddy back again mud pig who is the expert with the best name i know everybody else you could just try to keep up but if you think it's better than mud pig you should be listening probably to hog story maybe there's i, I, thought, I thought
0: airport pooper had had some real potential
1: but then it, she she switched out yeah that was just a temporary nom de plume, if you will and mud pig comes in with ninety one forty four, a weird amount. You say no, not at all, because the note he says in the morning, mud pig again, a little late this time, as it's not the end of the month, but was waiting to see if two miners paid out, and they did. Two miners, the place that we recommended for doing yes. our little Ethereum mining. You,
0: you did a pretty good deep dive into that one, uh, pointing out. I mean, I made me want to go.
1: Which again, how it worked was, I'm like, okay, how does this whole thing work? And meet us. Uh, pointed me in the right direction, got me going with the two miners. And I'm like, ah, me, this must know what he's doing. And uh, he said, let's call this your finder's fee. It's the amount of my first payment from two miners for just letting my gaming PC work while I'm at work. See, so this works. You're at work, your machine's at home working for you. And he says, so far, I've been averaging about seven bucks a day, and it's keeping my office warmer with the polar vortex going on. So that's also, that's a very good thing. You can heat up your unit at the same time, it all works out.
0: That's how the value for value show works because you do, Yeah, you know, I go off and talk about search engines and, and goggles and you give people practical advice of here is what you can do so that your computer is making you money while you're away at work and you get value out of that. Because when you take our advice, you get $7 a day and the value for value system is you, Kick some
1: of it back, yeah. And uh the two miners pays out at 0.05 Ethereum, which Ethereum was about eighteen hundred bucks the last I checked. So that comes out to about the ninety one dollars. So that was just the payout. So which was my fear at as well, although Metis had been doing it. That okay, you keep seeing this thing going up, and you just slowly are gaining the Ethereum, but it's just on a web page. There is no money going into your account until you hit that point zero five. So when it finally did hit point zero five and was immediately there, I'm like, okay, that's good. The money is actually real. And uh, he said the way things are going now, we may still have snow in August. No, it's gone here in Chirac. He said, keep on staying grumpy. Um, It's not August. Yeah, well, it's I know not yet. It could be snowing in August, but it's already the snow has melted and it's only March. But he said he couldn't find the Ethereum address, which is probably good because, as I said, I think it would have cost you like five bucks to send the Ethereum. Yeah, and NVIDIA probably blocks it. They may, but we should put the Ethereum address up there as well. So he we used PayPal and he uh, said Ethereum is up nicely today. So it's a good day to take the profits and make donations. I don't
0: know if we covered this one, but uh, MasterCard is now talking about uh, they're going to start uh, allowing credit card transfers on their network that are uh, crypto native. So not converted back and forth.
1: Interesting. Well, because they are holding the funds. Is that the idea that they can do that because they have the crypto? So it's all just not. Yeah, they've been
0: buying up Bitcoin and they are going to start facilitating Bitcoin transfers on their network, which is a really neat idea. And I'd applaud them if they weren't also the woke people who are canceling everybody who is not. Well, who is slightly Republican
1: and trying to track everything you do with. Yeah. So
0: MasterCard has not come off my shit list, but I'm actually pretty excited about that technology coming up.
1: Well, it's needed. It is needed, as I said, with the Ethereum. That was the thing, because I thought, oh, I'm only going to need like 20 bucks to do this. I had no idea what the gas cost was. I just thought the first thing they were charging me for to activate the account was for the piece. It wasn't, but I learned that. So I just did like, okay, I'll, I'll put 20 bucks of Ethereum. It's going to cost five bucks. No big deal. It was only planning on doing one piece of art. And then it was like, well, it's going to be another fifty dollars. It's like, oh, crap. That's another five dollars to move more money. So you learn your lesson doing the stuff once. Learn from us. Well, it,
0: it sounds like Mud Pig is trying to help us out. He's he's covering the VIG for he for getting he, he's covering your gas money.
1: He is. So that piece of art should really be Mud Pigs over on the rareable site but somebody will come up and buy that i i have no i mean they're not going to buy it at 3.333 ethereum unless uh somebody out there has way too much I think, you know income. csb might do that if we can get to on he might we need to get jcd on but thank you mud Pig. you are the executive producer on today's show also coming in today at 20 bucks i think this is a first timer coming in but a guy we've heard the name a lot and have heard him on such great shows as abs in a six-pack actually i was on with him and Nick, the rat and the Grimerica guys on abs in six pack, Thomas Starkweather coming to us from the beautiful New York City area with 20 yes. bucks. Stay safe. in uh, New And
0: a.k.a. melodious owls in the no agenda troll room and at no agenda social.
1: And when we say uh, I, stay I, I safe, was, I was I just like saying that name. I, I was like, it is a good name. Melodious owls. And when we say, Tom, to stay safe in New York, we don't mean from covid. We mean from people shooting you or punching you randomly in the face, because that's way more dangerous in New York than any viruses right now. But speaking of the great comic strip blogger of comicstripblog.com, he does come in with point zero 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 three three Bitcoin. That's eighteen dollars and sixty seven cents as of this morning for a donation to the grumpiest podcast in the universe and he said he's still holding on to that point zero zero three three if we get the great John C. Dvorak onto the show and it's in the plans. CSB have no fear. I think unlike CSB who's very much Dvorak will never come on your show.
0: We're we're taking proactive steps to try to convince John to come on our show. The first one is that Darren has banned me from ever talking about John again (laughs) so that I'd stop (laughs) pissing him off.
1: He remembered. I'm telling you that you don't want to be on John's mind. I I did have to laugh when it came down because we mentioned, I think, on the last show, the artwork that I won and the no agenda night. Sir Saturday, who was a little upset about that. And he kind of kept going and going and going. And a really weird side note. He did donate fifty bucks to Random Thoughts, so I appreciate Sir Saturday for that. And even though it
0: just just means that that's that's called no hard feelings. Exactly, he's, he's a good guy. He's, he's no- a good. You know, we got a lot of people, and and I appreciate this about the community. There's a lot of people out there who will get into the most brutal fist fight with you and then buy you a drink afterward. And that's as it should be. As far as I'm concerned,
1: it works. Although he's now blocked on no agenda social by both Adam <laughs> Curry and John C. Dvorak. So there's, that's a badge of honor. It is. And it's like, uh, not, nobody can help you. You're not on Twitter. If you haven't been blocked by JCD. Well, that's true. He does block a lot on Twitter and even a, a decent amount on no agenda social, but sir, Saturday got Adam. Rightfully so, a little irked by asking, Well, how much to get JCD to unblock me? And Adam's like, Well, there's no price for that. And Sir Saturday came back with an extra little jolt of, Yeah, Dvorak will do anything for money. And Adam came back with, Well, that's why you're blocked. Stop being an asshole or don't be an asshole was the comment. And uh that was uh that was that. Because once you get blocked, you're blocked. If the podfather blocks you, you're you got you got problems, but I, yeah, we have, Adam doesn't block people rarely, very rarely. So but he was sticking up for his a- co-host. Adam,
0: I'm sure Adam would rather just report them to the admin.
1: Right. Which goes right to his email box. Oh, and that's right. It's right. a horrible problem. And that
0: ends up getting dropped on the floor. Right. Adam's admitted before he's like he reads every one of the reports just to see what people are complaining about and then he does nothing with them
1: well yes because it's a free speech site which is you have to really go above and beyond to have an issue which is the way it should be have the arguments call everybody whatever name you want but then move on it's that's the hard part with some people is they don't want to move on and I can see where uh, that can cause a problem but I think Everybody should go check out comicstripblog.com because he does some good doodles. My wife loves looking at his doodles, and they do crack me up. He did one that was not so random after Sir Gene's episode of you could tell the guy with the beard was Gene and something about bloviating. And then he made me look like podcast Jesus again. And I do need to get a haircut. I get it. But CSB's little doodles. I dig them. They're funny. And he is You just like them because they're all about you. A lot of them are, but not all. And I mean, everybody says CSB is one of the best programmers around. And I believe that I see he's involved in the podcasting 2.0 stuff. I know he keeps teasing that he's going to have some kind of AI project being announced. And we're anxiously looking to see what that's all about. CSB, but keep doodling. In the meantime, we appreciate it. Keep listening to grumpy old Ben's. And the next three people that came in today are all subscriptions, and we really appreciate that. You can go to the PayPal box that says donate on grumpyoldbens.com and do a one time donation or a subscription. And this is also a new name. It is Linda Sarunian, I believe, if I didn't butcher that name. Although I've heard that that is a way to make more money. Somebody suggested, I forget who, because I'm getting old and maybe I need some B12, that just always mispronounce people's names and uh, make them send yeah. in another donation to correct you
0: <laughs> that that yes i i do remember that that was me that suggested it
1: oh it was yeah and i thought it was a good idea wait that that doesn't that doesn't check no wonder i forgot it was because well,
0: i didn't tell you it was me
1: oh were you using one of your multi another name on uh it could be just, uh, no i i just said it in in a different voice oh well that could be i know adam and john one of them suggested that all of the. People that are the winning artists on No Agenda are just me using different names. <laughs> my wife's like, those poor other artists. Well, that that's, that, that like makes such, sense.
0: Yeah. I mean, they 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 revealed the formula a, a couple weeks ago where they said, well, you know, when, when the No Agenda art generator is down or when we just don't want to click on it, uh, we what we really do is we just go pick one of Darren's art. Right. They say, just send those in and yeah, we can do da- that. Have Darren send us art and we'll ignore everything else because, you know, we know he's going to win
1: anyway. We know that we always have pieces that are. That's why. That's why chosen. I don't even try. Right, you should. Cause just get Photoshop, but it might make you install a different. The only browser. way that
0: I could win the art is if somehow I, I I could I could probably try to hack into the site and and then as soon as you put up a piece of art,
1: go in and change the name to say me. See, that would be a good idea. You just need I, the. Admin I might be able to win that way to the art generator. That would uh that would be interesting. You could, although you could then. Make all of those pieces of art into NFTs and sell them. And actually, if there's a system where you don't really want
0: to pay that much,
1: well, see, that's it. We just need to start our own system where you don't have to pay a lot more gas money for that. Yeah. No gas money until they sell. That's the secret to them. But thank you, Linda. Um, We hope you're enjoying grumpy old Ben's. And uh, I mean, which do you like better with Ryan or without? I mean, everybody's always talking about that. Should we co-host shop? It's uh, hard. definitely a different show. It is you a different two, show. Uh, you know, that
0: could almost be a spinoff show because you, you make a pretty good interviewer. Uh, not least because, you know, you, I think you spoke seven words on that five hour show <laughs> with, with, uh, with jeans. You, you have an ability that I lack, which is the ability to be quiet and let someone else talk.
1: I did talk more when I was on Gene's show, Ask Sir Gene, than I did, I believe. Because he was interviewing you. <laughs> right. It's a different thing. And I've thought about that, uh, not as a spinoff of Grumpy Old Benz, but I have thought about doing something with random thoughts, like random interviews or random conversations or random whatever, and just kind of do a spinoff. To, uh, I, I would that.
0: prefer that it be associated with Grumpy Old Bens because then I get some of the yeah, donations. Some of
1: the sweet, sweet, grumpy love. But then you would yeah. have to do the work like uh, doing the chapter files on oh, those. shit. And if it's like an 18 oh, hour
0: interview. you going to have to think about this one. I'll get back to you. Uh huh.
1: Also, coming in, a subscriber, Keith Von Dyke, who's been subscribing to this and Random Thoughts, dot thoughts.com for a long, long time. One of our longest donors, one of our longest supporters, one of our longest experts. And we appreciate that, Keith. And also coming in with 293, another subscription, Brian Hall. All of you are doing the Lord's work, helping us here with Grumpy Old Ben's, keeping the microphone sounding good, trying all sorts of different ways to connect and record and produce the show in a way that is the best for all of you. Doing these shows live on the Mighty No Agenda stream on Mondays and Fridays, which is always fun. We are at 143 people on the stream right now, down from about an hour ago. But we bloviate. But this is about 20 higher even right now than we've ever seen. So yeah, this I, is The Return of Bemrose. This should have been what, like a yeah, horror movie. What is movie. going on? It's like a horror movie. The Return of <laughs> Bemrose. <laughs> Rose too electric boogaloo yes, no, wait.
0: What? Uh, yeah wait no well let's never do that one we'll just
1: agree to never speak of that one again will he still be able to speak after his dental proper <laughs> no it's like this is what people <laughs> want to know what's he gonna I, sound I, like they thought you might sound like mike tyson coming back
0: I, I, i'm telling you for, for some reason apparently bone takes a while to heal because the the swelling in my upper face like Cause it's one of my front, one of the front teeth right underneath my nose and the swelling in my upper lip under my nose. It's just pushing everything out. I've looked like I've had a cat muzzle.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, you should post pictures so people can see that and enjoy that. Nobody over at wants L-Benz to see that. Dot com. But that's where, if you want to take part in this value for value thing that we've got going on, you go to grumpy dot you click the donate button and that will take you to PayPal to do a one time or monthly donation. You can use the QR code or Bitcoin address. To do Bitcoin. I know I keep saying we're going to add Ethereum. We'll do that as well, or any other crypto you want to pay in. Just let us know. We can set up a wallet and make it easy for you. And then the PO box. accept Canadian dollars. Ooh, yeah. Well, Canadian dollars, there's an extra VIG to convert those. But hey, whatever it takes, go to grumpyoldbens.com, take part. We appreciate everybody for giving us their time because there's a lot of things you can listen to. And we appreciate everybody that listens at 1.0 speed unlike sir gene who wants everybody at 1.5 or more i'm like that just that just makes me want to shoot somebody because even editing (laughs) when i do the editing on well not really you should do the you know what you could take a
0: lot less time editing if you just edit at 1.5 speed
1: when i do the chapters for random thoughts i listen at two times speed because you know oh it's safe you know
0: i tried that i tried that with grumpy old ben's and i it, it it made me go crazy.
1: I know it does something. It's like, I can handle it for about 15 minutes, but more than that, it yeah. is. I, it's too Ben Shapiro sounding. And then and, and the
0: real problem that I had was that I, I like focusing so much on trying to follow the conversation that I'll stop and I'll be like, Oh crap, we switched topics two minutes ago. And I really don't <laughs> even notice because, because I'm hyper focused on trying to follow. Like, what do they say? What are these two mice saying?
1: Yeah. We don't segment the stories very well they no. interweave with each other which i think is part of the magic here of grumpy old ben's it's not a scripted show it, we're not going down a list and checking things off and doing them in the order that we plan to quite often you'll say something and i'll be like oh wait there was a story that was somewhat related to that and you scroll down the list yeah. of all the stories I-
0: and then I'm like, but I was only halfway through. So I as soon as you back. finish going through the whole story, then I'll just drag us right back to the previous conversation you thought we were done with.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we need chapters that could actually jump around like a yeah. choose your well, own. What adventure I need is,
0: book. is nested hierarchical chapters.
1: Yes. Like the, like the choose your own adventure book that you could just go on your own <laughs> path. Yeah. That would be fantastic. Choose how you want to listen to today's episode. Oh, of Grumpy you Old know, ben. that actually. Uh Uh-huh. That could be
0: done. No, I'm, I'm suddenly thinking podcast app. Uh where you use the chapters file to cut up the, obviously this wouldn't work with every show. In fact, it might not work with a lot of them, but you use the chapters file to cut up the MP3 and you hit the end of each chapter and it gives you a choice. Where would you like to go next? And then it pulls that piece of the MP3 out based on the timestamps in the chapters file and starts playing that. And you actually do have a choose your own adventure podcast.
1: That's awesome. Adam Curry, Dave Jones, We have we have work for you. Well,
0: it's not for them. It's it's an app developer. So cold acid. Get on that.
1: Oh, that's true. Or or
0: CSB. He was was just admitting to to developing apps this morning on
1: Android. Well, just like you can then do this with the browser where you could take some of the things out you don't want to hear. You could just have certain topics. So if a topic has a keyword that you don't like in it, boom, just going to skip it. Yeah.
0: Oh, and then like you could get really granular and just be like, cut out this host because I don't want to listen to him.
1: Right. That would be perfect. That would be perfect. I mean, I was surprised when I was on Gene's show because he does the transcripts and it was able to tell quite easily, although our voices are different enough, but the transcript it was very, very well done. I mean, not perfect, but it knew when different people started speaking and all this AI stuff is a little freaky which is another reason why we always rant about it.
0: Yes. I, you know what? As long as it's, it's working for me, I'm a big fan of technology. And as soon as the technology is working against me or decides to try to make decisions on my behalf that I wouldn't make, then I'm against the technology and I'm a goddamn Luddite. Seems that Give way. Give me my cabin in the woods.
1: Uh, we did have a follow-up story before we get oh, out of here. Uh, uh, this, was, this was on Bleeping Computer. which wasn't really a follow-up, but it was kind of related uh, smart sex toys come with Bluetooth and remote hijacking (laughs) weaknesses. I'm like, okay, another story about this, another one. And there was some interesting, who can,
0: who can ever turn down smart sex
1: toy stories? I know. I mean, the biggest interesting concept of this was them postulating whether or not, if somebody is able to hack into your sex toy, and activate it without your permission is that sexual assault i would say no (laughs) but it does open this up to a whole new line of people that could commit sexual assault from uh thousands of miles away
0: i i mean i would argue that that yeah it, it might be now this isn't like walking down the street in in uh you know skimpy clothing per se but um the the same argument you know the you've heard the argument which may or may not be valid uh depending on the case where it's like well if she didn't dress like that she wouldn't have been assaulted well um i i think that the argument is a whole lot more black and white as clear cut is like if you didn't put the bluetooth enabled dildo up your ass you might not have been sexually
1: assaulted that would seem you follow the path what the most interesting now, now thing we,
0: when when we have computer when, when computer ai has progressed to the point where everybody has at their computer desk a chair that will when it re- receives an internet signal will auto insert a dildo somewhere <laughs> and n- now we're talking like on the level of, of but like right now I, I would still have to not only go out and get a sex toy but also connect it to the internet and also attach it to my body somehow in order for this to be viable. And there, you know, you're not supposed to blame the victim, but there is uh, at least some level
1: of complicity going on here. There is a certain amount of that. And the thing I found most amusing about this story is that it was two ESET security researchers that shed some light on this problem. The most interesting thing to me was the security researchers are named Denise and Cecilia. So this is two women that are like, I'll take that. Uh, I'll, I'll take that on. I'll look into this for you. And uh, I thought that was a little bit telling there that this uh, because how many do you think of the uh, ESET security researchers are female? And I know I'm just generalizing. Uh, based you're on you're names. sounding
0: blatantly sexist. here. Yeah. I'm not going to participate in this <laughs> since when?
1: Uh, but again these bluetooth things where it's like they just connect without any kind of password and all that that's bad with any device and if yeah. it's something you're connecting to your body um you think about I,
0: I I'm creeped out about the the passwordless bluetooth when it's in a wristwatch. Uh-huh. <laughs> there's there's some places on my body that bluetooth just doesn't go
1: well and the sensitive information that these things allegedly have which i thought there was there was another thing that i thought was weird as far as what they were saying because one of the things like this you know the device knew your gender and it's like well how does a dumb device know your gender i mean unless you're putting it in i don't know how the device can figure it out yeah i was i was going to say
0: of of all of the devices the one that's probably best positioned to know your gender would be the dildo
1: you would think but you know there's other ways to uh, Other things to stick something into, if you will.
0: Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, if you put enough sensors on there, be like, "Yep, that's a prostate." It's
1: like the researchers,
0: although, come to think of it, in today's woke world, just having a prostate doesn't necessarily mean you're not female.
1: That's true. You can. uh, It all depends on what you say you is, and it says the researchers state that the information processed by the sex toys consists of highly sensitive data such as names. Well, if you're using your real name. (laughs) when dealing with this i mean this is something where if if it's a company that doesn't allow you to put in an alias and they just take it off your credit card well then don't pay with a credit card especially if it's mastercard but don't buy it but your name sexual orientation how does a device know what your sexual orientation is maybe
0: they're inferring it by where you're putting these devices i don't know i
1: guess gender a list of sexual partners. So is this like the ultimate in contact list? I mean, are you sharing these toys with somebody? That doesn't seem legitimate to me.
0: I, 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 I've I got a, a thought. Our next story. And you know this is going to come up. It's going to happen somewhere. <laughs> Bluetooth kink shaming.
1: Probably. Private photos. And if these, <laughs> if your dildo is taking pictures, no. 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 So, yeah. um, A lot of privacy issues. But this may be another case of yeah, kind of get what you deserve if you buy products that do things that you wouldn't want th- them to do.
0: And then I know Bluetooth is is relatively low power, and it's probably not going to be a problem. But anything that has some kind of, of RF emitting radio, do you really want to put inside of your cancer
1: holes? No, and like they pointed out, if one of the hacks was able to let something with a motor go at overspeed or too long to where it overheats, I mean, that's that's something you don't want to get burned yeah yeah hey tech stories who said they're not fun
0: i never thought that tech stories could make me this uncomfortable
1: (laughs) we're getting there just wait till the sex robots are taking over the world that sounds like a mark and george episode i I (laughs) miss those guys yeah (sighs) i tell you but i think that's about all that's all i've got do you have anything else uh
0: what else do i have um Dr. Seuss is canceled. No, they covered that on, um, let's see. uh, Google announces plans to stop selling ads based on browsing history.
1: Eh. Yeah, that's Um, probably a lie.
0: Google is, they're finally putting the uh, option in Chrome to to block third-party cookies. In fact, it's going to be the default as soon as they come up with their replacement, which, um, you know what? I'm going to save that for next show because that's. That's a little bit deep, and I need to, to dig into a couple more white papers. I've never seen a company put out so goddamn many white papers as Google. And that's very
1: racist to put out white papers.
0: Yes, yes. Black papers
1: matter. Are you saying that's a story you could sink your teeth into? Uh, no,
0: no. I, I, <laughs> it's also not a story that I can turn on the Bluetooth and insert, so
1: let's just not go there. Roxanne, you don't have to put on the Bluetooth. It's a whole different oh. song. Come on, sting. If you're out there, buddy, and if you're listening, please let us know. Uh but if you could do that parody for us, that would be delightful. You don't have to put on the Bluetooth. But we will be back, hopefully with a you know a better feeling front tooth. Well, front tooth slot for you.
0: I I've got a, probably another four or five months like this before I get uh the
1: actual permanent fake tooth put in. Uh one small step at a time. Yes. But we will be back on Monday for another fun and exciting episode of grumpy old Ben's thanks to everybody in the troll room who came along with us live today including mutter cold acid fletcher carolyn blaney sir spud the mighty aka radix 023 darth radar and of course we have a melodious owls we can't forget him as he is an expert and ned i have no name 33 sir Matthew. all of them live I' the just tro- gonna room. read the entire list just all the ones that have just posted recently and we appreciate yeah. all you. And if you want to join in on the fun, again, NoAgendaStream.com is the place to be. But until next time, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of Mill America, just outside of Chirac, where the snow is no longer in the air, but we still got bullets.
0: And from America's left coast, where I am declining the option for the Bluetooth enabled fake tooth. I'm Ryan Bemrose. Oh, do it. Do it.
1: we